Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 536 on Rock 102. Uh, Going to be cloudy with some thunderstorms, severe thunderstorms possible later on today, and a high of 82. Uh, it's 69, giggity, in downtown Springfield. Well, well, well. Oh, hey. It's how's nice it going? to have you back. Uh, it's nice to be back. Well, it, in a way. Well, I hate to break it to you, but uh, you got one week of me, and then you got a week of Marty. Because uh, in my mind, I'm already out of here. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, actually. It's only a few days with Marty. Kind of like because uh, we're kind of off until the fifth. Oh yeah, next I forget week. the the holiday part of it. But uh, hey, lots of stuff to talk about today. Hell yes. Also, uh, like uh, Scott Cohen will be here, uh, uh, and then we'll get to talk about the interesting stuff. I thought you said uh, we were going to do something fun. Yeah, but we got to get Cohen out of the way first. Yeah, we should have him at like uh, five forty-five instead of seven oh five. He's sponsored. What are you gonna do? That's our phony spot. <laughs> that's that's when we bring him in. Yeah. Uh, so we got that and a lot of other stuff this morning too. It's uh, including uh, tickets to the uh, the Southwick National Pro Motocross Championships. Oh, the Wick. The Wick. Yeah. We'll have uh, more on that later on. It's five thirty-seven. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. And talking heads with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, it is going to be cloudy today and some severe thunderstorms possible later on this afternoon and a high of 82. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 78. It's 69 giggity in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On has seen a streaming spike due to the Ocean Gate disaster. And uh, Netflix is bringing Titanic back in a week. It's not really clear, though, if it's connected to the tragedy or they had already planned... I'm sure they already planned that to bring the movie back. I don't know. Um... Maybe, but isn't it? Uh, isn't the timing interesting? Timing is interesting, and uh, Celine Dion's probably making a lot of money right now. It's also interesting that as all that was going on last week, they kept on going to James Cameron, like he's somehow an expert on the Titanic. Well, he's he, a he's a filmmaker. Yeah, he's no more of an expert than anybody else. But he's more of a diver and expedition expeditioner. What do you call? What do you call it? expeditionist? Expedited expeditioner. bag. What ex- is that? I don't ex- even know. But he made those movies to fund his little, you know, uh, excursions that he went on with the Titanic. Like he said, he made. I made all. I mean, he made. Uh, he. I didn't realize he made. Uh, was it the Abyss? Did he do the Abyss? I think the Abyss is his too. Yeah. So it, it was. He, they said he was. He was just making movies to to fund his his diving uh, hobby. That would be nice. Imagine right. uh, you know working to support like your yeah. uh, cocaine habit or uh, right. you know prostitutes. I, I would say James Cameron is an expert on that stuff because he spent so much time doing that and you know piecing that whole thing together. You see, if I wanted to find out, you know what's the, What's the best way to get the most out of a performance from Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah. James Cameron would be the guy I go to. Right. That, that way he would be my guy. But if I went to say uh, study up on the Titanic, that wouldn't be my guy. Off the top of my head. Well, I think because he made the movie, he's the first go-to, and everybody knows him. So they're like, oh yeah, it's the guy who made Titanic. I'm sure he knows a thing or two about a thing or two. 
right. <laughs> uh, Maury Povich is launching an at-home paternity test called The Results Are In. <laughs> he says, quote, I've seen firsthand how DNA testing can change lives and bring families together. We're making it easier and more affordable. You've well, also seen how those can tear families apart, too. Yeah, but I mean, those are just the people that want to do it on television. Yeah. He's, uh, <clears throat> Loads of people that don't want to go that far. But it's nice to see him. Nice to see t- him taking full ownership of that. Getting a side hustle from his show. You know what? I I haven't had enough of these paternity tests in my my golden years. Let's start a whole company that focuses on that. He's he's probably going to make a, a ton of money. Of course he that. will. Yeah. Not all of uh, speaking of children. Not all of Nick Cannon's kids know they have other siblings. And which the, which doesn't? Yeah. Uh, right. The, the sixth dozen that he had. <laughs> and the moms uh, have something to do with that. Quote, as much as, uh, the, as much as, as much as that may be a wish of mine, I've got to respect that's not a wish of everyone's. Oh, okay. What is the actual number of, uh, I of think, children? I think it is like 12 or 13. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's 12. It's He's 12. got 12. Yeah. From how many different, it was like, it's like. Four different, five different women, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Wow. He's, but he, I believe he's only been married to Mariah Carey. So he's never, you know, yeah. taken the full responsible approach to a rearing. Rearing? Twelve children by the age of 42. I, three was exhausting to me. Yeah. And that was just three. I just came back on a plane trip with two of them. And, and you feel like you need a vacation yeah, from your vacation. right. <laughs> Nick Cannon. All right, come on, kids. Hop in the car. Get in the giant minivan that <laughs> I my millions have bought me. That's like those people, like, they drive those, like, church vans. They have to. With all their kids. Right. Yeah. Vanna White might stay with Wheel of Fortune after Pat Sajak leaves, but only if they pay up. Sources say uh, Vanna currently makes $3 million a year, while Pat makes five times that. That's outrageous. So she wants a big raise. And sure, Pat's the host, but Vanna's not five times less important, is she? She's five times the reason I watch that show. She's still great looking after all these years. What She must be like in her 60s, yeah, right? Let me look, let me look that yeah, up. Yeah, you got to look that up. Uh, many would argue she's just as important. A source says, quote, White, White spends the time... The same time on set as Sajak, more actually due to her hair, makeup, and wardrobe obligations. She does way more publicity for the show than Pat does. She's a personality, part of the show's look, feel, and, let's be frank, appeal. Her enthusiasm and silly button segments with Sajak at the end of each episode are fan favorites. She is 66 years old. Yeah. 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 She looks great. Hell yeah. Doesn't look a day over uh, 64. Oh, easily. But keep in mind, uh, she is seen at a distance with lots of makeup and, and good clothing. Right. So if you want to, like, well, like if you zoomed in on uh, high-definition cameras, you might feel very differently. But um, I'm, I would not feel that much differently. Uh, I still have that Playboy uh, issue. You do? Yeah. Should and, I bring it in? Yes. It's Vanna White. I don't see why not. Can we bring that kind of material here into the office? Yeah, you just gotta hide it. Yeah. Can't you can't like walk around the hallways with it. Uh, John Goodman doesn't regret defending Roseanne after her uh, racist tweet got her fired from her own show. He says, "quote I felt bad for her, and then yeah, I just feel terrible about the whole thing. You know, we had a great time, and I love her. She's just her own person." 
Uh, I know for a fact she's not a racist. But uh, would he work with her again? The answer isn't no, but he says, quote, if she'd like to, I don't know. I miss her. I wish her well. That's supportive. He seems like a decent dude. He does. You know? He does. Uh, Ed Sheeran made sure his fans didn't miss out on an opening act on Saturday in Maryland when his opener Khalid got into a car accident. Ed surprised his fans with a 30-minute acoustic set of songs from his latest album, Subtract. He says, quote, Khalid is recovering him and we wish him the best. Uh, Usually when I start paying, it's pitch black and now I get to see everyone. Uh, So there you go. Wow. Extra little show. How about that? And uh, Kim Kardashian, uh, she was recently spotted enjoying some bubble gum. By the way, these are listener-submitted Kim Kardashian. Really? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, She must have something to say. Yeah, she said, oh my God, the last time I blew a bubble this big was when I backfired through the balloon knot after Ray J gave me the whale sneeze enema in that video... Sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. Did the listener at least have some uh, some some you know ibids or uh, you know some sort of uh, footnotes to explain what all these things are? Or are we going to have to do that ourselves? We're going to have to do that ourselves. Mm, right. Well, some of it you can explain, right? Yeah, Caitlin. Well, I never got that done in dirty with well, Chris Kim, but I once gave her the magic bean zebert. I went ears deep into the oyster toboggan. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I motorboated it like an Evan Rude in a bathtub. Oh, very good. Yeah. Nicely done. Oh, what else are you trying to say? Good Lord, haven't I said enough? <laughs> Hold my beer. What I'm trying to say is I was blowing on that thing like Dizzy Galipsy. <laughs> it sounded like Cookie Monster attacked an, attacking a Charleston chew. <laughs> when I finally came up for air, I looked like I had been giving mouth to mouth to a waterlogged jean shallot. <laughs> And that's your Hollywood trash or Rock 102. Have you heard of 1900? The Angels did, however, set a number of franchise records, including uh, hits and runs. Now, in the Little League, you have the mercy rule, which any team that is behind by 15 runs after five innings of play automatically loses the game. But in the majors, there is no mercy rule. Instead, you are required to find a way to end the hemorrhaging by completing all nine innings of the game, no matter how humiliating and dreadful that might be. In this particular game, the Rockies were behind by 15 in the third inning. If it had been up to me, I would have already been in my car and drinking early. But in baseball, you can't get away with that, because apparently there's this belief that you could always stage a comeback. Folks, when you're behind 25 to one after a full night of crushing annihilation, that's probably not the time to be overly optimistic by slapping on the rally cap and crossing your fingers. That's the time you should be putting your equipment away and getting back on the bus. And yet, Major League Baseball would rather see you lose than add a rule that puts you out of your misery. They'll add every other stupid rule they can get their hands on, but add one that makes sense, please. But hey, and if I'm I yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Rocky, Rocky's not only has the best grills, Weber gas grills, Traeger wood pellet fired grills, and the big green egg. There's also the Uni Outdoor Pizza Oven and the Blackstone Outdoor Griddles. Rocky's got all the grilling gear and fuel. Up your grilling game at Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling destination. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock at 611 and ACDC with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, Going to be cloudy and rainy today uh, with a chance of a thunderstorm or two uh, any time throughout the day, as Dan Brown put it. That, that's, 
that's good predicting right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I could get specific, but let's just yeah. say at any point today, at any time, we may have a storm. Yeah. High of 82. It is 69 giggity in downtown Springfield. Uh, hey, how's it going? Hey, great to have you back. Uh, hey, but show sounded great, by the way. I listened to You did? On vacation? Well, I, I had... I had time to kill. Oh, yeah. Lots of yeah. time to kill. I got to say, I tell you, when I'm on vacation next week, the yeah. last thing I'm going to do is listen to this show. Yeah. Well, I even on my one day off, I, I still did a radio station event. I came to the Big Bunk and Smoke. Well, that's up true. At the, uh, log Cabin, which was uh, a home run like it always is. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I had a great time. I actually bought a couple of good cigars there. Um, those acids and uh, those are good. Yeah, I like the sweet ones, uh, the sweet tasting ones. I got uh, one of the Drew Estate ones. It was very, very good. A Dr- oh, a Drew Estate. Drew Estate, I yeah. I you went Drewist. No, Drew yeah. Estate. Oh, okay. Those are the, everybody got like a package of like three cigars, all Drew Estate yeah. guitar, uh, cigars. The one that I that I got, uh, and I only had time to smoke one, uh, was was phenomenal. You know what I was just thinking of? In uh, in Spaceballs, where she was a, a Drewish princess. <laughs> she doesn't look Drewish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it was a, it was a yeah. nice time. And by the way, thanks uh, for Marty for filling in last week. That was that was yeah, a lot no, of fun. No, the show sounded great. And uh, so anyway, I I I left. I went uh to, I went to Georgia. I went to go visit my uh, my sister uh, down there. The nigga went down to Georgia. Yeah, that's right. And uh, originally, I had planned to have my sister watch my kids. Uh, while I went off and did uh, all kinds of debauchery and things like that with a friend of mine. Right. And then that last day of school thing came up, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to be on Tuesday, and then all of a sudden it was uh, it was the 22nd, and I had to rearrange all my plans. So I canceled my sinful trip, and I uh, hung out with my family. Oh, oh Jesus. God, what, right? What the hell? Um, but uh, so we, we, I, I get the kids out of school, Thank God they had that last day because otherwise they would have had to wait an entire year to watch the Lorax again. <laughs> Listen, this, this whole like last day of school thing is for the birds. Oh, it's not even know? the last day. It's like the last several days of school. Yeah. There's no education going on. Well, the grades closed two weeks prior to the last day of school. Yeah. And, and then, you know, the, I, I had mentioned this before I left, like, you know, the kids come home and are like, yeah, we watched uh, the Minion movie today. And I'm like, oh, great. Why are we even in school? I, I don't understand this whole 80, 100. If it's 180 days, every school district must be ending grades at the same time, right? Every every school in that district should be, yeah. But every school in the state, don't they all end grades? Like No, because every because every school starts oh. differently. Every okay. school ends differently. They all get different uh, different deals. Well, anyway, I get they get the kids out of school and then uh, a couple hours to kill before uh, the flight, which was originally at five o'clock. This is a southwest flight. I had all these points. That's my flex, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I got southwest points. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the best you can do, huh? Well, it's it's like the it's the step up from spirit, but not much better. It really isn't. I mean, the, the whole like pick your own seat thing just drives me nuts. Yeah. Um. But so so we we go to the airport, and as I'm going to the airport, I keep getting texts that this plane that was supposed to leave at five is now not going to leave at five. It's going to leave at six fifteen. Which then would not make us to Baltimore, 
in time for the second flight. Uh, so then they rebooked us on the, on another, the later flight going into Atlanta, which got us in at a lovely 1 a.m. Oh, to, come on. to Atlanta. We were supposed to be in there by 9 o'clock. So you were delayed for that long? It kept getting delayed. And then they put us on that second plane, and then that plane got delayed. That was supposed to leave at like 10, and then we didn't leave until like 11. Oh, my but God. as I'm sitting in Baltimore, I said, oh, I got that rental car that I paid for already, 150 yeah. bucks, you know, for the weekend. So I said, let me call Fox Rental Car and make sure, uh, you know, that they know I'm going to be late. Because they have all, you put in that flight information when you When rent, you book, yeah. When you book. And uh, so I called, and it's like 9 o'clock at night, and nobody's answering the phone, which was like, okay, well, maybe... Maybe they're away from their computer or desk. <laughs> I don't know. But you're talking, It's. I said, listen, it's Atlanta. It's one of the biggest airports in the country. They could be busy. Yeah, they could be just busy. Yeah. And uh, so I said, hey, I'll just uh, worry. And I, again, I did try calling, but no, nobody answered. We get to Atlanta. Now, here's the problem with Atlanta. Once you get in past midnight in Atlanta, yeah. they have a train that runs back and forth between the terminals. Well... That train stops at midnight, and we were at the furthest terminal in the oh airport. My God. It took a half an hour to walk from the gate to the main baggage claim area. A half hour? I'm not. You know, I I can't recall whether I've been to Atlanta's airport yeah. or not. I don't believe I have. When my Apple Watch goes off and says. Are you working out? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to start a walk right now? Well, you say yes. Yeah, you say yeah, yes. Why not? So you get the steps in for the day, <laughs> yeah. right? It's a good way to stay in shape. And it was like, and you know, so here I am with these two tired teenage kids in in my possession as I'm walking through the airport, and it's like, oh my god, how much further? I'm like, just keep going, just keep going. <laughs> We get all the way to the baggage claim. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have a checked bag. My girls did, and they grabbed their bags. And I said, okay, now we got to get on the other train. There's another train that takes you to the uh, parking areas and the rental car uh, location. Which okay. Which is uh, pretty much separated from the, from, the, from the complex. So we get on that train, we get, and it's like you're waiting because there's a ton of people there waiting to go to their rental car. Thing. Sure. And uh, we get, finally get to the rental car place after two attempts to get on the train, but there were so many people that we had to keep waiting. Get to the rental car place, come down the escalator, and all I can see is a sea of people in front of the Hertz, the Hertz desk. And I'm right. like, thank God it's Hertz because we got Fox. So I go over to the Fox counter, and it says... Sorry, uh, we're, or it just says, we'll be back, right? With no instructions as far as no, when. No, no, like when, and then there was like this guy sitting there, like it was a passenger sitting there in front of the counter, like he was doing one of these, like, he, he looked like a hippie, and he was like sitting in front of the, the <laughs> desk, like, and I said, is somebody here? And he goes, I don't know, man, I don't know at all. I'm like, okay, so then I asked <sighs> the Hertz people, I'm like, is anybody here? Oh no! They close at eleven o'clock. Oh, for crying out loud! I was like, what? what? What do people do then? Like, what? What is the protocol for? Yeah. There's obviously people who are coming in past, 
you know. Yeah, how many reservations get made that don't get fulfilled? I mean, I would think if you yeah. made a reservation, and, and you're going to at least call. So now I'm getting irritated because I've been up since 3.30 in the morning the day before. Uh. It's now 2 a.m. I'm like... What what the f is going on here? So I, you know, and the kids are tired. I'm walking. I walk down to the uh, the Enterprise counter because that one didn't really have any but like any people at it. Right. And I said, Do you have any cars that I could rent? And she goes, I'm sorry, no. It's a very busy weekend. There's this going on down here. Whatever. <sighs> and I said, Okay. And nobody's answering the phone at Fox. Even the national the national number. Nobody's answering the phone. Right. So. I had to call an Uber because, you know, it's 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 almost three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and to, if and my sister said, "Why didn't you just call me?" and I would have come got you from the airport, but she lives forty five minutes away, so it's easier to just get in the Uber, which only costs thirty five dollars. I was very surprised at that for a forty five minute drive. Yeah, really. Yeah. I, I huh. guess I well probably because nobody really travels at three o'clock in the morning now from the airport, but um, but they probably also because they also probably get so much yeah. business from the airport too. Yeah. So then I call the number the next day for Fox rental car, and the lady goes, uh, I said I said excuse me, what time are you open till at the Atlanta airport? Oh, I'm not in Atlanta. I'm in, you know, she's in like Lubbock, Texas or something like that. I'm like, okay. And I explained the whole situation to her. And uh, I was getting a little heated, but not rude. I was just being like, do you know what it's like to be stuck in an airport with two teenagers (laughs) at three o'clock in the morning? You know, like that kind of thing. And she's like, please hold. You know, and then you put on hold. And then she's like. I'm sorry, you booked this through rentalcars.com. You're going to have to call them. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, put your supervisor on the phone. We'd, n- there is not a supervisor available. And she gives me this email address because nobody wants to talk to anybody anymore. Right. And uh, Especially someone who's got a good, <laughs> a good uh, argument. You try to call rentalcars.com, they're in London. Oh, that place. God. So they were already closed by the time I get around to calling them, and then there's nobody there for the weekend. So now I have to go through this to get my $150 back that I paid for this rental car. Can I just say just something real quick here? Mm. I've never even heard of Fox Rental Car. I have. I've used them before. I have, I have never even heard of them. They're a subsidiary of Alamo. And it's like it's like a group of them that are, yeah. that are all owned by the same place. Yeah, but, I'm, I'm not aware. I mean, I'm not aware of them. You know, like, like I told you when I when I went to Enterprise when I was in Milwaukee, they gave yeah. me a free upgrade because I was uh, there like a little bit early. Yeah, because everything worked out perfectly for R- me. Right. It's just yeah. Of course, it worked out perfectly for everything. Yeah, everything was perfect. But I, I was just like, what? What is this? Why is this happening to me? I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. If you know that you've got reservations. That have been unfulfilled, yeah. And there's a potential of like a one o'clock arrival. Yeah, you need to be open. Well, I mean, until the very last flight is out. It happened to me years ago when I took my kid. We went to Florida or something like that, and the same kind of thing happened. We'd got in after like the the hours that they were there, but they that place kept somebody there. Mm. They said the guy was when we finally got to the county. He's like. Can I finally go home soon? You know, because you know it'd been like two hours past his time. Yeah, but they made the guy stay there to make sure that all the reservations were fulfilled. 
That's that's what you should do. That's what you should do, exactly. Yeah. Or at least call the person and say, because you have their number, call me and say, hey, look, we close at 11. Uh, can we hook you up with a different company? Or I don't know. Have some customer service. So at, at the end of it all, did you did you wind up getting a car or just keep you? I didn't get a car. We just got the Uber, and uh, and my and we didn't really didn't need a car. It was more out of me trying to be convenient for right. a, you know to to not inconvenience my my sister or Listen, her family. As long as an Uber driver is available to you, yeah. Sometimes uh, the expense and the headache, yeah, uh, you know, even out, yeah. Because I've done that before too. When I went on a trip. Had to get a rental car. It was a two-hour wait to get the car. Yeah, and yeah, at yeah. that point, you're not even sure you're going to even see a car by that point. Yeah. And I just said, oh, to hell with it, Uber. And I took it, like, uh, this is a couple of years ago. I Ubered the entire week. Because yeah. why not? It, wa- it literally yeah. wanted to be in the same cost of if I had rented the well, thing well, for that, a full that, that, that's five what days. You, that's what you kind of got to take into account. Yeah. Is it going to cost you, you know, the same amount of money? But anyway, uh, I haven't gotten my $150 back. I'll have to, like, argue with them later. But I will tell you, coming up later about Bucky's. It's uh, 625 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Treat your... Oh, it's now. Oh, hey, it's now. Uh, hey. It's uh, 626 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, Dan Brown will give you the uh, the, the forecast there. So, uh, Yeah, Scott Cohen coming up uh, next hour. We're going to talk about Bucky's, and I'm going to talk about the grossest public restroom I've ever seen in my life. Um, wh- wh- here? Uh, well, not No, 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 no. That This one's not public. you got to be... The one upstairs, you, you got to work here. Yeah, you got to earn your way into the staff for that. This is something different, but I'll get to that much, much later. Well, would you like to laugh instead? I, I would. It's Bax and Nagel's joke of the day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh. Springfield's <laughs> classic rock. How many Apple engineers does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know, Steve. How many Apple engineers does it take to screw in a light bulb? None. They no longer make that socket. You just got to buy a new house. <laughs> you see? Because they yeah, keep making exactly you buy new stuff do. all the time. Oh, no. ah. <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> Bax and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. 631. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Well, thanks, Bax. Uh, this internet is so slow here. Like, so slow. Yeah, we set it up to be really slow for when you came back. Was it not doing this last week? Oh, no, it was slow. Yeah, it just got what? Slower it got worse. over the weekend? It got worse. Oh, so. Well, let's talk about other things. Uh, how was your weekend? Well, it's actually pretty nice. All uh, right, no, I got it. Here. Okay, good. Uh, following a five-day search at uh, Hampton Ponds in Westfield, a body believed to be a missing canoeer has been recovered. Since Wednesday, a 20-year-old East Longmeadow man had been reported missing. According to Westfield Fire Chief Patrick Egloff, an adult man's body has been pulled from the water by the Westfield firefighters just before 11 a.m. Sunday morning. It was very important to all of us that we undertook that process with respect and dignity for the deceased, he said. On behalf of the Westfield Fire Department and all our partner agencies, they want to express their deepest condolences to the young man's family. It's a very sad day, but I hope they can take some comfort and knowledge that people from across Western Mass supported the efforts for their loved ones. Uh, Several local, regional, and state agencies coordinated the recovery effort, including the Westfield Fire Department, the Westfield Police, Mass State Police, uh, Hamden County Sheriff's, all of these eight, multiple yeah. agencies assisted. Uh, and Maria Santin, Mario Santanello, a professional bass fisherman, assisted the search with his sonar equipment on Sunday morning and played an important role in the search. I guess you just 
you ask other people uh, for help. Because it, it's such a horrible story. It is. Uh, terrible, terrible story. Three people have been arrested in connection with a June carjacking on Friday. Uh, according to Springfield Police spokesperson Ryan Walsh, uh, on Friday, members of the Springfield Police, Fire De- Police Department's Firearms Investigation Unit seized a loaded firearm and arrested three suspects on the 100 block of Temple Street. The arrest was in connection to a June 11th carjacking. The suspects' names and uh, charges will be released on Monday once the suspects have been arraigned. Wasn't that that guy, the guy in Enfield at Smice, wasn't that carjacking too? <laughs> yeah, it's a different kind of carjacking. <laughs> I mean, no one has to leave the vehicle for him to take it. I made a I made an Instagram reel out of it. We were driving on the highway down in uh, down in Georgia over the weekend. Yeah, and it was the creepiest ice cream truck I have ever seen. It was one. It looked like it was one of those old GMC like A team vans, but it was white. It was like <laughs> it was looked like had all the the stickers with the um you know the ice cream flavors and stuff. But it was sure. just like falling apart. Yeah, and this guy driving it just like, hey, I'm gonna go get some, ice, gonna go serve some ice cream to the kids in the neighborhood. Yeah, you know, when I was a kid, we had a couple of ice cream guys yeah. that were like going on in the neighborhood. Yeah, there was one guy who was totally legit. There was a guy at like a longtime family business. Ronnie Palaggi was the guy's name. So Ronnie Palaggi would come in. Uh, you know, into the neighborhood, you know, the the, the little ding dong song yeah. would, would come from the thing. But then there was another guy who came through the neighborhood like later on in uh in a in a, in a imagine it's like a like a station wagon with you know the wood grain paneling mm-hmm. and stickers all around the window so you couldn't actually see in and he would like slowly drive around the neighborhood but nobody ever bought ice cream from this guy yeah because it was just it was like way too creepy of a look yeah you got it you gotta it's all about presentation I think in the ice cream uh, business, it's uh, that's uh, you, you can't underestimate the power of visuals. I remember uh, my mother, because uh, I would always ask to get money, yeah, and she didn't want to give me the seventy cents or whatever it was for the popsicle. Seventy cents? What? I don't think I ever paid more than like thirty-five cents for one of them uh, push-ups. Yes, but I'm a lot younger than you are, so yeah, I suppose the, the time uh, that we were. The times in our lives where we were both buying from the ice cream man, uh, inflation uh, really, yeah. hit, really hit home. But she didn't want to give me the money uh, for it. She said, uh, "She said that guy's a ripoff." So I, I went out and told the ice cream man that uh, he is a ripoff because mm-hmm. he said, "What would you like?" And I said, "My mom says you're a ripoff." <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember what he said, but he said something like, "You know, well, go get your mom or something, you know, yeah, whatever right. it was." But uh, I, you know, I told him. I told him outright. So I was, I, I was like, like one of the luckiest kids alive because I lived on a we lived on a corner lot. Yeah. This was back when we lived in Attleboro, and uh, the ice cream truck stopped at the corner, like right at the bottom of the driveway. Like that was where this that's where Ronnie Palaggi would sell uh, everything from the Italian ices to everything. So every kid in the neighborhood is in my is in you know, at my corner. And we're all getting ice cream together. Well, there you go. That was awesome. And then the guy in the the, uh, the station wagon would come, and every kid would run back into the house screaming. What the this guy, wagon. that guy was just a bad businessman overall. Just a bad. You're selling ice cream to kids. Should be an easy sell. Station wagon though. Station wagon. Yeah, it doesn't really. Station wagon doesn't fit the bill. No, but but Ronnie Palaji had that thing all set up, man. He was that was that was a good business. 
The uh, Springfield police are investigating a deadly shooting on Temple and School Streets that occurred on Saturday. According to Ryan Walsh, at approximately 9.20 p.m., officers were sent to the shot spotter activation and found two adult men gunshot victims in the area of Temple and School Streets. Is that the way you say that? Two adult men gunshot victims? I guess, right? I guess. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, both victims were uh, sent to Bay State Medical Center where one unfortunately died from his injuries. This incident is believed to be uh, not related to the Spring Street shooting. The Springfield Police Department Homicide Unit, along with the Hamden DA's office, is investigating. Uh, the city of Westfield postponed their fireworks for freedom that was scheduled last night due to weather. But it didn't really. Did, did what kind of weather was there? Last I guess night? they were worried about thunderstorms. According to the city, the forecast for Sunday night uh, led the city to postpone the fireworks that were going to take place at 5 p.m. Well, no, the fireworks weren't going to take place at 5 p.m. It started at 5 p.m. Yeah, it actually took place at like around nine. You don't usually start a fireworks show in broad daylight. <laughs> yeah, fireworks don't really have the same impact. When it's a, a bright, shiny day. No, it just looks like a road flare in the sky. <laughs> That's kind of all it, it does. And even then, yeah, even then, it ain't much to see. Uh, let's see. Uh, the, around 3 p.m. on Sunday afternoon, the Holyoke Fire Department pulled a stolen car out of the Connecticut River. According to the Holyoke Fire Department, uh, crews responded to reports of a car in the Connecticut River at the end of Appleton Street. No injuries have been reported as a result of the accident. The Holyoke Police Department is investigating, and uh, 22 News says they will update you on the story as more information comes available. They probably will. Sure, they will. Stolen car in the river. Um, what do you do with that? Do you put it on? Mm. Uh, you put it on Carvana and say uh, slight water damage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you have to disclose it. But if it's a stolen vehicle, I don't know if you. Uh, I don't know if you can actually sell it. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, like, do they, uh, they? I can't imagine you would get that back. That would be something that would, that would be, be a total, total loss. Total loss. For that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hey, you know, you see cars sometimes that say uh, Florida car, and and that's supposed to be better because they don't have salt and all that stuff down on the road. Yeah, they don't have that kind of uh, the, like the damage to the body you'd find up here. Yeah, but they found all these like shady car salesmen, uh, like these uh, side owners, uh, you know, like the the little lots you see. Yeah, they bought up a lot of those cars that were flooded in like Katrina and any kind of time you have a hurricane. There's always those cars that are resold, and I'm like, these things had flood damage to them. Yeah, but it's a steal. <laughs> but it still purrs like yeah. a kitten. Yeah, a drowned one. Would but you purrs like a kitten? Would you like to succumb to mold sickness from uh, from from driving around with your air conditioning on because all that stuff wasn't cleaned out of the car? You can always roll down your windows if you want fresh air. Mm. Uh, police in Cranston, Rhode Island, say a man used a drone to spy on a woman about to take a shower. Officers say Christopher Jones, a convicted sex offender, was the man flying the drone. On Wednesday, a woman noticed a drone outside of her bathroom window. When she approached the drone in the backyard, it moved away from her, hit a branch, and crashed to the ground. The woman then submerged the drone in a pool to make sure it would not fly again and then handed it over to the police. After an investigation, police were able to link the drone to Jones. He was later arrested uh, with video voyeurism, which is a hmm. felony. You know, I know it's uh, it's illegal and against the law. And I know, you know, as a sex offender, you know, I'm sure he's got lots of stories to tell. And there's probably a lot of stories about this guy you'll never even know. But you have to applaud uh, his effort 
in getting yeah. you know technology and perversion so intricately interlocked in a situation like this like I, if i had a few dollars in my pocket to spare i would never even think about you know looking at naked chicks on a drone you wouldn't no wouldn't even think about it um if chuck berry were still alive today he'd be like hot dog <laughs> I wish I had thought of that, and now I would have been playing with my dingling in the background. <laughs> you get it? Because he was one of yeah, those no, guys I get that it. did the whole oh, bathroom. Well, he was, a, he, was a, he was a trendsetter, that guy. Yeah, but he, you know what? He was he was embracing technology at the time. Sure. That was VCR. That was videotape. Yeah. Yeah. Beta. <laughs> master. Master. Right. Beta. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Where's your master beta tape? Oh, it's right behind <sighs> the sugar in the cabinet. <laughs> That's what he probably did. He probably left those things like around. And here, you know, like, and here people are thinking that Hail Hail Rock and Roll was the best film he ever yeah. made. Oh, uh, what is this? Is this Romancing the Stone? Oh, <laughs> no. it's Romancing the Bone. <laughs> I guess, sorry. Sorry. Uh, let's see. We got uh, we got some other stuff here. I'm I'm just sorting through. I'm just trying to get back into the groove of things. You know, you get back from uh, vacation hey, for I, half listen, a vacation. As long as I don't have to do news, I don't care what you do. Uh, a tourist, uh, as a tourist, you should be very respectful of the uh, country that's hosting you. You know, and have to if that's too hard, just try not to be a completely idiot. If especially if you're an American, there's footage of a man who looks like he's in his twenties. Carving his girlfriend's name into a wall of the Colosseum in Rome. The Colosseum, <laughs> which was built 2,000 years ago. Right, yeah. He's writing on a brick like it's a tree in a backyard. The person filming him confronts him, but the vandal just smiles and goes back to carving. His, uh, his girlfriend, Haley, apparently is there with him, but she doesn't have any reaction. The guy who filmed it said he reported it to the staff and they called police, but he did note that they didn't seem overly upset about it for some reason. There's no word on who the guy is, so some people are speculating that he's American, but there's no proof of that. People have been arrested in the past for defacing historic artifacts in Rome, including the Colosseum. No, I think vandalism sounds like a purely American phenomenon, sure. Yeah. I can see uh, someone, you know, the ugly American going into a foreign country and, you know, defacing historical property that's not his i think uh w w that that coliseum was made for for carving your name and i believe uh there is an et tu brute written on there from <laughs> yeah five five yeah, five thousand years ago yeah, 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 yeah you yeah. might be right good times your uh pioneer valley forecast today gonna see cloudy skies today and then sporadic thunderstorms throughout the day we don't know when they're coming in they could happen at any time that's what dan says in the forecast all right uh, and a high of 82. It is 69 giggity in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Rock 102, Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 650 and the Rolling Stones of Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. 82 in thunderstorms today uh, throughout the day, uh, randomly. It's 69 giggity in downtown Springfield. Uh, Steve and the Rock 102 Road Crew this Friday will be at uh, Free Music Friday at uh, MGM Springfield at the uh, Plaza. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus Pagan. Isu Orchestra will be performing. Uh, big uh, big salsa band out of Ludlow. Been around for a long, long time. Uh, the Plaza will be open every Friday uh, through a free music Friday offerings. Uh, summer cocktails, beers, non-alcoholic beverages. Stop by uh, the TGIF Square where you'll find the White Lion White uh, Wild Dandelion Beer Trailer. The new Shot Shed uh, serving summer offerings from local distillers. Top Golf Swing Suite and Bar. And Indian Motorcycle Tap, in fact, will be open before and after the concert, too, as well. 
So you can hang on their their patio and get uh, drinks on the go. How good does that sound? Drinks so, on the go. Yes. So All join right. Steve and the road crew this Friday, 7 to 9, at the Plaza at MGM from Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. So you know my love for convenience stores, good convenience stores. Yeah. Uh, y- you know my love for the sheets. I know you like the sheets. You, uh, the Wawa's. Yep. I like mm-hmm. the Wawa's. But I went to the ultimate, the the convenience store to end all convenience stores, the big old Bucky's. Fresh sauce on the board. Bucky's, Bucky's. Let's take a trip and get some gas at Bucky's. Yeah. Bucky's. Bucky's. This place is unbelievable. Hold on. Barbecue. Nuggets. Beaver nuggets. Yeah. And Bucky's plushies for me and you. Wow, that already sounds good. Yeah. It's a, why would you, what was the last part of this song? Uh, well, there's why would you want a beaver? Or yeah. Why, why, would, you, why would you want a mouse and you can get a beaver? Right. Right. Well, there you go. It's coming up now. Yeah. Who needs a mouse when you got the beaver? Yeah. When you got the beaver. Bucky's. Yeah, it is hard to argue with that. It is hard to argue with that. Uh, I'd go for the beaver every time. This place is insane, and they're they're starting to open more of them now. Mm-hmm. They, they started in Texas, yeah. and then now they're just like they're kind of making their way across the South, and it seems like they're making their way up the East Coast because now they're putting them in South and North Carolina, and you know all those things. But this one uh, was in uh, Calhoun, Georgia, uh, about an hour away from Atlanta. Okay. And uh, it's like the Walmart of con- – it's like a Walmart. You're, like, walking into a giant store. It's huge. Does it have the uh, the same type of uh, interesting clientele that you'd uh, find at a Walmart? No. It's 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 almost like it, it's, it's like a tourist destination mm. because they just have all of this stuff. I don't know – I mean, they have, like, a high-end clothing department. You could spend $70 on a pair of shorts. Or you could spend ten dollars on a pair of Bucky's shorts. You know, there, there's it's it's you walk into this place and it's huge. It's it's just like this giant space of convenience foods. Yeah. There's I'm, like a whole row of slushy machines and I'm, soda I'm, machines. I'm looking at pictures of inside of Bucky's. Uh, I think yeah. it's in Alabama somewhere. Yeah, and holy they, smokes! So then they got these uh, these brisket sandwiches. Yeah, that's what he said. Fresh beef on the board or something. That they're yelling that they're like it's kind of like uh, you know they, uh, when you walk into a Moe's and they go welcome to Moe's. You know? <laughs> They, they yell something fresh beef on the board or, or something to that effect, and they're all like, they got this giant beef brisket, and all they're doing all day long is just cutting these briskets and then making sandwiches out of them, and they wrap them up and they put them in a little heater, and you just grab a, go up and grab one. It sounds like a, like almost like truck stop type of stuff. It's it is a truck stop. There's there must be a hundred gas pumps outside of this place. It's huge. Wow. It's it's, it's insanely huge, but the beef brisket. Was certainly not worth the twelve ninety nine that I paid for the sandwich. It, it's you still convenience store brisket. It. It's still convenience store brisket, but you would think it would be a little bit better because all these people were raving about it online. Yeah, it's not that great. I think it would. Be, it's better than most. Like you know what you would expect from a convenience. Better than store. an Arby's. Way better than an Arby's. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's saying something. But they have uh, they have different stations. It says like. 
they had the whole coffee station, you know, like a giant coffee section, and then the soda section, and then the beef jerky bar. It's like a deli counter, and they have all this beef jerky behind it. You go up and tell them how many pounds you want of this one or pounds of one of that one. Jesus. And uh, it's just insane. There was just so much stuff. Here's the thing, though. Once you see it, that's it. Eh, yeah. I wouldn't go back there. You wouldn't go back? I mean, I'd go back there again, but it, there were so many people in there. It really was, like, super, super busy. Right. Like, wall-to-wall people. And they have, like, the tchotchke crap on the one side, and mm-hmm. it's... You know they. You know the, the. They even they have something for everybody there. So I'm looking at the uh, at, at the the Bucky's website. Yeah, there is a location in New Braunfels, Texas. Yeah, it is the largest convenience store in the world. Ooh, get a lot of the size of this. Yeah, sixty six thousand three hundred thirty five yeah. square feet. I wouldn't doubt it. This place was huge. I mean, that would be like fitting thirty houses. Decent-sized houses, yeah, right in and, one location. And uh, so, you know, I was to- I was told by by somebody, uh, you're going to be overstimulated and underwhelmed. And I kind of was underwhelmed a little bit because I didn't. I thought they had more variety of foods available, mm-hmm. but it was really just burritos and sandwiches. And I guess you can like customize things if you wanted to. Well, Steve, there aren't that many people yeah. that would go to a convenience store to sit down for some fine dining. You yeah. would rare, maybe at some truck stops you will see that. But if it's just a convenience store and a bunch of yeah. uh, gas pumps, you're not going to get high quality cuisine. And guess what? They don't have there what tables. You're not a, you're not allowed to sit there and eat it. You what buy, are they doing with sixty six thousand square feet of their of their space? You get the f out. That's what they want you to do. They want wow. you to leave. They want you to buy your stuff and leave, or go sit in your par, uh, car in the parking lot well, and get it. As amazing of a convenience store as that sounds, I, I I I maybe later on I'll tell you about the convenience store that I had to deal with uh, yesterday. Oh, well, you mentioned bad bathrooms. Yeah, these were the cleanest. Uh, convenience store well, bathrooms I have ever been in, and we'll talk more well, about that later. Well, there's your place to sit down and eat. Yeah, in the bathroom, in the <laughs> toilet. Actually, you could have. The guy was in there. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it was, had an attendant? It had an attendant. It was kept up. And, wow. And it was very clean. It was like the cleanest bathroom I've ever been in. Oh, yeah, for, well, a, we definitely got to talk about uh, public restrooms in just so a they, minute. But I made it. I finally made it to the Buckingham Palace of Convenience Stores. <laughs> Scott Cohen coming up in just a few minutes at 6.57, Rock 102. GG it. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Your grilling headquarters. Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but I'm starting to get the impression that former Patriots, Buccaneers, Jets, Steelers, and Raiders wide receiver Antonio Brown might have a few problems. Sure, he's done some pretty awful things over the last several years. Skipping practices, walking off the field in the middle of games, assaulting a personal trainer, multiple battery charges, indecent exposure allegations, failure to make child support payments, and there was also the time he was sued by a doctor for eventually, uh, intentionally ripping one right in the guy's face. Listen, I could go on forever about that one. Instead, I would like to focus on the latest hubbub, one that could put Antonio Brown in real legal trouble. Last week, you might recall that the Arena Football League team that he owned, the Albany Empire, was tossed out of the league for failing to pay the required monthly payments to the league's operating budget. This is a fee that every franchise in the league has to pay. So, 
He and the team were booted out of the league, and late last week, a lawsuit was then filed by the coaching staff and many of the players against Antonio Brown for allegedly pulling their paychecks out of their bank accounts while it was alleged that many of them stole equipment from the club. Oddly enough, Antonio has not responded to the lawsuit. That's because no one's been able to locate him or reach him for comment for the last 48 hours. Folks, Antonio Brown only owned this team since April. When he purchased the club, I'm pretty sure he was fully aware that owning the team required him to pay the appropriate monthly fees that were required by the league. And we're not talking about a fortune here. He only owed the league $27,000. And yet here he is, unable to pay or uh, unable to pay that or the salaries for his now former players and coaches. Add that to the fact that he's an alleged rapist and you start to wonder whether this guy might be some sort of jackass. I'm going out on a hunch and saying yes. In fact, I'm going to say yes enthusiastically and without hesitation because I'm sure, uh, I'm sure how you can, uh, I'm not sure you can cause so many problems so quickly for yourself and everybody else unless that hunch is accurate. Because, dude, you're making it really hard for anyone to think otherwise. But, hey, never mind, Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Built to last. You may not think about paint that way, but Benjamin Moore Paint will, without a doubt, withstand the wear and tear better than any other paint in the market. Don't look for Benjamin Moore at the chain stores. It's only sold by well-trained professional paint retailers like your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock, and the kick-ass magic of Ario Speedwagon on Rock 102. Uh, it is going to be cloudy today with the thunderstorms throughout the day. They could pop up at any time, according to Dan Brown. <laughs> it's like the, the yeah. pop-up storm. Yeah, thanks. Uh, high of 82. It is 69 giggity in downtown Springfield. What a delight, gentlemen, to welcome him back into the studio, broadcasting legend, Scott Cohen. How are you? Delicious. How are you? Yeah, fantastic. Anyway, uh, what's new with you? What's new with me? Well, I I got to be honest with you. I was, um, you know, I threw the threw the radio on on my drive down from Hamp, and I was uh, speaking of delighted. I was delighted to hear your voice. I I thought oh, because oh, of your geez. social media posts, th- you'd be on vacation. I thought you were going to say you were delighted to hear of my travel woes. Well, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, yeah. I mean, you told everybody about them, buddy. Yeah. How do you know? What's really funny about the two of you? You, Me? um, you had the last trip where everything went smooth as silk. Yeah, and then you were, yours was a dumpster fire. Yeah. Well, it, it wasn't a dumpster. It, it was that portion of the trip that was just getting in at one a.m. and finding out that the rental car place that you booked and paid for well over two months ago yeah. is uh, is not available. I just don't understand that. Yeah. And uh, well, I will say this though: Fox Car Rental. Yeah. Seriously. Well, it's owned by Alamo. They're I, all part of the. Uh, they're the, they're the all Alamo the same. Family? They're all of. They're all well, owned. Like yeah. a lot of those companies are all owned by the same company. They're just yeah. different names under them. Yeah, but isn't it like if it's if Alamo owns it, it wouldn't you wouldn't you be wouldn't Fox be like the double A of, yeah, of the I Alamo guess tree? So. Hey, listen, man, and you got double A players. I've never of all the years I've been doing this, uh, you know, traveling wherever and using this rentalcars.com website. I've never had an issue. Yeah. This is the first time that I've ever had an issue where the place was closed. Uh, when I, you got said to the that airport. I couldn't believe it. I, at one of the biggest airports in the country. Right. I mean, Hartsfield in Atlanta is is it's a huge. Hub. It's a hub. Yeah. It is huge. I I told you, or you heard me say, it took 
a half an hour to walk from the terminal all the way to the baggage thing because they shut the train down at all right. midnight. So here, so that actually, when you were telling the story, that was the thing that got me the most. Yeah. Because listen, I've uh, I have said to you, I think uh, certainly uh, in person, yeah. and on the air. I've all. I always admire you for the father that you are. You're a great dad. Oh well, thank you. And you've got you got two young girls. Yeah. And dude, that's like that's a friggin' full time job there. <laughs> yeah. And then to have to dr- drag. I mean, because you know you, we've all been there before. Oh yeah. Holy cow, buddy. After right, getting know, off listen, an airplane and you, you got to drag but, these kids a, but, a half hour? You know, oh, honestly, kill I, me now. If it if it didn't if it didn't go smoothly 90% of the time, then I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, my kids are great little travel partners. I mean, they they, they really do have a good time when sure. you know when we go. And we and and I've taught them to look for things. You know, look for oddities, look for people, you know, weird people. Sure. And that's our game. We play the little game. It makes it go a little smoother. But when you're at yeah. the airport at uh, two o'clock, two thirty in the morning, <laughs> ah. <laughs> and everybody's no, and no one's there yeah. with your keys to your yeah. rental car. Everybody Jeez. there, everybody, including my kids, were were all on the uh, you know. Well, irritable. see that's and see, yeah. and that's like the difference between yeah. you and me and my situation and yours. I get off the airplane and I make my way to the Uber yeah. place, and yeah. if the guy, if I have to wait fifteen minutes, I feel ill used. Yeah. Right. Right. And never mind dragging kids halfway across the continent. Oh, buddy. It's it's just the country. Just gives me the heebie jeebies thinking about it. Well, hey, you know, everything worked out. It worked. Everything's fine. Here you are. All right. So let's uh, let's actually talk about sports. This is the reason why you're here. We have no uh, time to really talk about it. Sure. Uh, First things first. uh, Last week, uh, before the NBA draft, Brand Stevens goes on this trading uh, spree, Spree. which which makes you think. Uh, no one is safe. No one should ever put their name on a long-term yeah. lease while they're in Boston playing for the Celtics. Right. But everyone's, uh, you know, a lot of people are kind of divided on whether trading Marcus Smart for uh, for Poz- you Porzingis. Know, Porzingis was, was a good idea. So KP. I, KP. KP. From, that's just I didn't want to say Chris Stapps. Like, yeah. like, but, but nevertheless, you know, is Marcus Smart, <sighs> is getting rid of him too much, even for... Uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I think it all remains to be seen. It's, you hate to see a guy like that go. On the other hand, it's hard to argue that what they got in return uh, was yeah. not worth it. Extra draft picks, Porzingis, uh, you know, a few other things. Yep. It's a hell of a. It's a very, very bold series of events. See, that's 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 the word bold. I think I think my kind of like my takeaway from the whole thing was is that Brad Stevens has. He's got brass monkey, you know what? That was, I mean, that was a major, major thing that he did, and it sh- it, it showed me that he he's he doesn't care. He's going to do whatever it takes to make the team good in his image, yeah. he, and he doesn't care what what the media says, what the fans say. He doesn't care. And in, on the one hand, you know that's that's really bold and um, and dynamic and all of those things. And on the other hand, I was the 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 tr- getting rid of Marcus Smart really caught me by surprise. Not the fact that stuff stuff like this happens in sports all the time, but the one thing that he brought was that defensive mindset. And he was such a good locker room guy. You know, he's like was kind of like the heart and soul of that team in a way. Yeah. And you just ripped it right out and got rid of it. The interesting thing to me, though, is, okay, so you get Porzingis. He's a great center. 
I mean, th- there's no doubt he's an impact player and will be. No he's doubt. still a young guy. As long as he stays healthy, he'll be an impact player. The interesting part to me is what he did with the draft picks. Because in training Marcus Smart and then having... I mean, I, I had to literally write it all down on a number of index cards. I understand. To make sure that I got this right when I reported it last week. Because yep. I'm thinking... It's too confusing what he's done, and at the end of it, he not only gets a you know, a, a substantially great player in this, mm-hmm. but he's also got now draft picks that he would never have gotten otherwise had he not moved Marcus Smart around with three other teams. And the and I think the really interesting thing about all this to to even put another like a uh, layer of of confusion is it it wasn't even supposed to be Marcus Smart who was the one that was supposed to be traded. It was Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon, but he injured his forearm in the playoffs and teams kind of backed away from him for because of the injury situation. It should have been him. And so that falls through and and he and Brad Stevens has to like regroup in a matter of hours and he comes up with the Marcus Smart trade and really at the end of the day it was a it was a real big positive except trading away a guy that was such a big part of the culture of the team. Yeah. Um uh, golf yesterday, the Travelers, you had yeah. a, a, a New England guy winning. Yep, buddy, I tell you, I said it in my sportscast this morning and I have said this about uh TPC River Highlands before. You show me you show me a golf tournament where the winning score is twenty three under par, and I'll show you a, a, a golf course that's too easy. Um, you want to know how easy that course is? I have a hole in one on that golf course. The hell you do? I do the sixteenth hole. I, that's my one and only career hole in one. Is that that the, it was the putting I, green is not considered a hole in one. Now come on now. So even Rory McIlroy was quoted as saying he thinks that that River Highlands is an obsolete golf course at at this point in time. Wow. It's not it's not super super long. It's only a par seventy, and I've played it a handful of times. And I know probably golf people in who are listening to us now may have gotten a chance to play it too. Aside from the 16th hole and the 17th hole where the, that big body of water is, yeah. there's no hazards on that golf course besides sand. It's, it's, it's relatively straight. There's, you know, there's no, no place to get in trouble. And these guys are the best players in the world, and they're just out there killing it. I mean, Keegan Bradley is a, is a golfer from Vermont. Vermont. The state of Vermont has a four-day-long golf, golf season. season. I mean, you, right. I, I mean, if that guy can win, right. then it must be too simple. Yeah, well, I, I would think that the, uh, that the pitch and putt at Fenway Golf would probably be a little bit more challenging. It, I, I mean, obviously, the what, what did I uh, – I haven't – let me see my – the eight rounds, eight rounds of 62 or better were – were scored in in this this year's tournament. That's that's not good. That I mean, I, it, the the fans love it because it's exciting. People love birdies. There can be two three shot swings at any time. So I guess I guess from that standpoint, it's 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 fun and exciting. But the golf course is too easy. So do do you think? moving forward they continue to stay there or you know would they consider other courses uh, what would they do i i just that that golf course fans love the golf course and so i i don't see them moving but i th- i mean i think they have to do something to to toughen it up like i said people golf fans love players making birdies you know pars are just undemocratic and um but 
and especially with all the rain we got, it softened the course up and it just yeah. made it even all the more easy. So a little bit of baseball here. Uh, a couple of El Stinko yeah, Red Sox. The red, the, there's always the Red Sox, but you know, I'm I'm for whatever reason I'm fascinated by this Rockies Angels game on Saturday. Uh, the Angels wind up pounding the Rockies, who are the third worst team in baseball. Well, so you had to expect they're going to lose. I mean, there's that. But no one expects you to lose by 25 to 1. No. Now, in, in Little League, I, and I mentioned this in the view of the couch, in, in Little League, the mercy There's rule would have canceled this game after right. five innings. If right. you're ahead by 15 runs after right. five innings, game is done. You get to go home and you go to, a, to Dairy Queen for a, a scrum delicious exactly. appraiser. Exactly. And you're happy. And you're happy. And you're happy. But in the pros, they don't do that. They'll come no. up with every other cockamamie rule to play baseball, but the one that would save everybody the pain and humiliation of watching nine innings of incompetent baseball yeah that they won't uh, that they won't do you know they said what is there 30 32 33 um, uh, uh, professional baseball teams there's just not enough you know pitching talent to support it and then on the other side of the coin you you know you have the red sox who again they're you know they dropped two of three to the white sox over the weekend the white sox are terrible and they get five hits and leave five guys on base yesterday and then you have the Colorado game where just all hell breaks yeah. loose. And then the College World Series, <laughs> 24, 24 I was, I was to say, four. The, the, the kids coming up aren't much better right now. Man, they uh, the first game went I guess eleven innings and uh, was a one run game. Uh, LSU won that. Florida won yesterday, and then they got the third and deciding game today. Well, see, that's a crazy part about it. So you know, the the series got tied. When uh, when Florida you know comes back with a twenty four to four victory over LSU. Talk about you know you're getting your team together to to kind of step things up. Yeah, now what do we do? Yeah, now what? Now, now what? what's going to happen? Now what's going to happen? So yeah, the Red Sox, uh, you know, they were hot for a while, had that little flutter, and then all of a sudden they're you know they're back down to just one game, one game over five hundred. Uh, something to keep an eye on when you're watching the series that starts tomorrow night against Miami. There's a they have a player named uh, Luis Arise who's hitting three ninety nine, you know, one short of four hundred, and of course Ted Williams is the last guy to do that. Um, he has been insanely consistent and you know sometimes when somebody will creep up to like 380 390 something like that then all of a sudden they hit the skids and they come back down to earth this guy has shown no um no you know chink in his armor at all he's been super super consistent and you'll get a chance to watch him play very good we'll see in two weeks see in two weeks guys all right scott cohen at 723 with bax and nagel on rock 102 Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 729 and Led Zeppelin with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be cloudy today with uh, thunderstorms popping up anytime. That's what he said. It could just be, uh, yeah. be, be all that uh, and a high of uh, 80. It is 70 right now in downtown Springfield. Hey, uh, real quickly, uh, this week on Baxi's Musical Podcast, my guest is uh, Jess Cowan. Jess is an, uh, an indie folk artist who just released their first album last week called Exotherm. It's freaking great, and uh, you can check out that interview on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and rock102.com. This is a real up-and-coming artist, and uh, it's her first record, and it's really, really good. It's all brought to you by ZM Home Buyers. Find them online at znmhomes.com and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. So sweet. It is. We got news next on Rock 102. Here's your 32. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A body believed to be the person who was missing since Wednesday was found in the waters of Hampton Ponds in Westfield just before 11 a.m. Uh, Sunday morning. 
A multi-day search of Pequot Pond came to a tragic end after officials found the body believed to be the missing canoeist from East Longmeadow. When Westfield Fire responded to the scene and recovered his body, his identity has not been shared. However, officials said that he was 20 years old. The Office of Chief Medical Examiner will make a formal identification in the coming days. Western Mass News uh, spoke with local uh, fishermen who was part of the efforts. On Saturday evening, uh, Mario Santanello received a phone call from the Southwood police officer asking to join the search for a missing person in the waters of Hampton Ponds. Uh, he said that he helped uh, in other recoveries uh, like cars, but but nothing quite like this. I guess he's mm-hmm. got this kind of sonar equipment uh, that would that was helpful to them. But uh, tragic story out of Westfield. An early morning fire on Ringgold Street in Springfield has left four people without a home. Uh, yes, well, it was yesterday morning. According to the Springfield Fire Department, crews responded to Ringgold Street uh, for reports of a structure fire. No injuries were reported, but four people have been displaced and are being assisted by the Red Cross. The arson and bomb squad is investigating. I always say uh, when I ever hear Ringgold Street, I, f- I feel like I want to say ringworm. See, I'm thinking of uh, Molly Ringwald. I don't know why. Oh. Or Judge Reinhold. Like, one of the two. I like Molly Ringwald. I guess I really never uh, had uh, a real strong opinion about her one way or another. Yeah. You know what? I didn't have such a str- I, You know, obviously know her from the, the 80s movies. But then in the 90s when she was, like, really looking for work. Yeah. She was part of this, uh, one of those Skinamax films where she uh, she bears her chest. What? And uh, How did I not know this? Has, uh, has relations with a man. And she plays this psychotic chick yeah. that wants to kill this guy. Yeah, She's yeah. like a stalker and trying to like ruin his relationship and everything. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what the name of the movie is. I but, have uh, never but, heard of this at all. But it was Molly Ringwald. Uh, go... Uh, probably, what was that guy that used to go through the movies and find the um, the, the boobies in it? Mr. Skin. Mr. Skin. Mr. Skin, yeah. That's probably on one of those Mr. Skin uh, features. Oh, we're going to have to look that up. Yes, we will. Uh, just just to judge it purely based upon its uh, cinematic and artistic merit. No other reason. Of course. No, 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 not at all. A uh, group of East Hampton residents is now looking to recall Mayor Nicole LaChapelle for her role in the search that failed to produce a permanent superintendent this past spring. In the weeks after the school committee rescinded its job offer to superintendent candidate Vito Perone, residents Kathy Wazinski and Jean Powell Wilson uh, began collecting signatures to recall Cynthia Kwasinski, the chairperson of the committee, for her part in the search. Around the same time, city clerk Barbara Bombard said that some residents had taken out an affidavit to recall the mayor. And though the effort to recall Kwasinski has failed due to the lack of signatures, the process to recall the mayor has just begun. The thing with Kwasinski is, by the time you get the signatures and go through the election, election is already here. Yeah. It's going to be November whatever. But, so. you, but the idea, so here's the thing. I mean, I, I, I understand what the people of the, these, this group of East Hampton residents is trying to do. Uh-huh. But to get signatures, and uh, enough signatures to recall a mayor is a lot to ask yeah. of everybody in town. It not, is. Not to say... Not to pass any judgment to say it's you know justified or unjustified is just that you're talking about a major undertaking well, that may not have the results you're looking for. La Bombard confirmed on Thursday that she had certified an affidavit to recall the mayor was signed by more than 400 registered voters with at least 60 from each of the city's five precincts. That's kind of important, yeah, uh, number because you know if you can that's that was that was one of the things that they said that. 
to recall Kwasinski was that you had to get a certain amount of voters from each precinct where they weren't coming up with those. Right. In this case, they are. Uh, I will be issuing a petition today, she said. Among the uh, reasons cited on the affidavit for recalling LaChapelle is her role in the superintendent search, sending police to a candidate's home to make a job offer at midnight, poor judgment and unprofessional behavior, and disregarding citizen concerns. In a previous inter- uh, interview, Wazinski, who declined to comment for the story, said many citizens were dissatisfied with LaChapelle as mayor, adding that a list of concerns grew about her job performance, with much of her leadership in the city focused on a very small group of citizens. LaChapelle previously stated that she will continue to uphold the, oath, uphold the oath she took when she was elected to the position of mayor in 2017, 2019, and 2021. Now her four-year term is ex- set to expire until 2025. Per the city charter, LaBombard is required to mail blank recall politicians mm. uh, Petitions to the first 10 signers of the recall affidavit. Those 10 residents will then need to collect a total of 2,500 signatures, which is 20% of the total number of registered voters of the last city election. Well, so that's what I was going to ask about. You know, when when does her term end? You're saying 2025. Yeah. See, to me, that makes more sense to try to get a recall done yeah. than what they tried to do with uh, Kaczynski. Because again, if if her if her reelection would happen in November, it doesn't make any sense to try to recall her now. All it takes is you know an election to yeah. make a change. But for the mayor, if this is something you wanted to do, it would seem like now would be the time to do it. But like I'm telling you, I I think that's a big ask. Even if you got all those signatures, I, I think that'd be a really hard thing to pull off. It's going to be yeah. And uh, well, you know what though, I mean. They have the right to do it. They have the right to, to pull the papers, and who knows what could happen. You also have to consider that the mayor, in spite of this whole situation with the school committee, mm-hmm. you know, had enough people supporting her to elect her. So, I mean, again, getting those kind of signatures, I think, is uh, yeah. is very difficult. And then, and then the but, process of a recall election, I think, is even more difficult. But it might not be. It might not be that difficult to get the signatures because once you have a story that comes out, you know, in the fashion that it did, yeah, you you might change some people's minds. You might. I mean, but you, they, you're well, never going to change the diehard supporters of those. Or, well, that's or, what I'm saying. Or, so even if they even if they yeah. get a recall election yeah. accomplished, and they, and and East Hampton voters go to the polls and they decide what they want to do. But is it's the, no foregone conclusion that that you that that she loses but you could have you know these voters that, that come out that don't usually participate Maybe. in an election going you know what uh, yeah. enough of these shenanigans i'm signing that thing it'll be interesting to see yes it a, will uh, a list of ladies being recalled <laughs> in east hampton i don't think you want to call them that are you sure i'm pretty sure if i got a real problem of being called ladies uh, there's a collegiate summer baseball team in Macon, Georgia, that call themselves the Macon Bacon. Pretty good name. Sure. It's a fun team name, and their mascot is a seven-foot slice of bacon named Kevin. Get it? Kevin Bacon? Kevin Bacon. But not everyone is amused. An animal rights group called the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine says bacon increases cancer risk, and they're asking the team to change its name to something that's healthier. Go... Bacon yourself. Like, oh, my God. Go fry yourself. Yeah. That's what it, what it should have been. 
they're not going to be successful, though. The president of the Macon Bacon says they were very surprised to hear the criticism, which has also been posted on billboards throughout the city. Uh, he said, the Macon Bacon do not view ourselves as a glorification of an unhealthy lifestyle. We pride ourselves on being a fun-natured organization, bringing on families and communities together. He added that while they do serve a ton of bacon in the stadium, they also offer plant-based options. I, that must be the loneliest kiosk at that place. The guy serving the uh, the plant the based plant stuff. based stuff. Yeah, and a and a and a, ba- a you know a bacon themed baseball. Team. I would think any baseball team would have a hard time pushing like their plant based hot dogs on 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 people. Well, no, because that's kind of the way of the. I think they offer those at Fenway. I think I saw some of those beyond. No meat good things. Red Sox fan worth his weight in a yeah, bag of but crap. But if you order a plant based. Fenway Frank. But it's not for the regular fans. It's for the, uh, you know. The, the casual the, visitor that's not the that's not going or supports the team. The the, the Karens, if you will. Oh, I'm going to go get a plant-based hot dog from, from the shame of yourself. Well, they offer all that gourmet stuff. Remember there was a guacamole or something. There was something. Sushi. Yes. Sushi. Yes. There was sushi. Which you can put on top of a hot dog, and it's delicious. Yeah, I don't know if you if you want to do that. Though. No, it's probably not yeah. the best thing to do, but I mean it. Uh, it wouldn't be the worst thing. But uh, hot dog. I yeah. When I was down in uh, in Atlanta over the weekend, uh, second time I've gone to this place now. Uh, we made sausage sandwiches on uh, on Saturday night. Sure. And uh, there's this place called the Cajun Meat Company, which is uh, it's awesome. It's, like it's already sounded good. Everything. It's. It, it, I don't know if the family's like you know the family that owns it is from Louisiana or whatever, but it's all this Cajun-based stuff, and uh, they had sausages that were like stuffed with Vidalia onion or oh, and scallion oh and, and like cheese and, and like chicken, and uh, there was mixed ones. It was almost like a like a bolognese or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Uh, that always sounds dirty, by the way. Bolognese. Bolognese. Yeah, I know you're right. Is it bolognese? I don't know. I've heard it both ways. You know, you know, we're, we're going to get educated by somebody who's Italian. Oh, sure. Well, and you know what? I, what I'm going to say is, oh, yeah, you want to argue with it? Well, then bring us some. Yeah, but this place. That's a way to stop that argument. Yeah, you bring us some. You tell us how it's made. Yeah, but you don't want, uh, like, sweatshop bolognese. No, you want the real good yeah. bolognese. Yeah, but uh, delicious sausage. Oh, I like st- I like to stuff sausage. My brother gets me this stuff every year. Uh, the venison well, stuff. The venison kielbasa uh, with cheddar and jalapeno. Oh my god! It sounds uh, so good. Yeah, you put that on a bun. You throw a little mustard on there. Uh, you got yourself a. You know, a, it, it, you uh, you you had this at the at the big monk and smoke. They were passing around like little uh, things of blackened kielbasa, grilled oh, yeah, yeah, blackened yeah, yeah. kielbasa. That was good too. Woo! That was good. That Mick does a hell of a job up there. Yes, that, he does. That, that menu up there. And uh, I said to him, I'm like, when are you going to come back and do your marbling uh, line? Because I like that. Yeah, I used right. to like that, uh, that hook. I told that. him they had plenty of marbling in the nacho cheese for the, uh, for, yeah. the, for, the, for the nachos. That was actually, that was a cool thing at the, uh, but the nacho, the loaded nacho table. Yeah. Where you walk up and you put your chips on and then they have uh, all this stuff. And I did one of those things where, it, we, you know, because it has all the labels of what everything is, and it says nacho cheese. And I went, nacho cheese? Whose cheese is it then? Ah! <laughs> you know, that joke never, yeah, ever gets old. Yeah, nobody really laughed at it. Never no, gets old. Yeah, but nobody laughed. That's that's the point. Well, I think I had walked away by that point. If I were there, I wouldn't laugh my ass off. Well, you know what? Maybe next time. Okay. I'll, I'll meet you at the nacho table.
It's not your table. Well, whose must- table is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, oh, there, there you go. go. Yeah, a little sure. delay. Uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be uh, rainy and uh, pop-up thunderstorms. Oh, I love those books. Pop-up books. The pop-up <laughs> Well, you pull the tab, and you then pull, the whole day is ruined. You pull the tab, and a, and a golf ball-sized hail hits you in the face. Dent your car. All right. Uh, high of 80 tomorrow, rainy with a high of 77. It's 70 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, uh, yeah. Looking for a new truck? Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 751. And Brian Adams with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, it is uh, going to be cloudy today uh, with thunderstorms uh, throughout the day and a high of 80. It is uh, currently 70 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, next hour, we're going to talk to uh, Rick Johnson from the WIC. The uh, the 2023 Southwick National Pro Motocross Championships are coming up. The 338. The 338. And uh, we're going to have tickets to give away. And we'll be talking to Rick in about, uh, about an hour from now. But before you hear that, now hear this. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. I'm ready. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? I'm sure. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm ready. Just, uh, I'm waiting for the stupid internet to load. <laughs> I, I, what? Well, the professional equipment we got around here. <laughs> the uh, Florida Gators set a new record for the most runs scored in a College World Series game. They beat the LSU Tigers yesterday 24-4 to in Game 2 of the Best of Three Series. So close. Here, uh, Here's one of the many home runs that the announcers had already referred to as the bomb fest by Florida during the game. Ryan Pell strikes this one well. Center field. Kling looks up, and it's 20 for Florida. Six homers in <laughs> one College World Series game. Yeah, man, that was a slugfest, huh? Uh, a one-sided One-sided slugfest. slugfest. Yeah, you know, they were just trying to show each other up. Yeah, hey, I could do this. I want to do it again. We can do it again. <laughs> you're still, you're still losing by a whole lot of runs. That is a lot to lose by. And how come that doesn't happen in major league? It's not like they're well, I mean, that it, much better. It, I, no, it ha- it happened on Saturday between uh, Colorado and and oh, and I the uh, the Angels. I missed that one. The Angels beat Colorado on Saturday, twenty-five yeah. to one. They scored most of their runs by the third inning. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, it just it, it doesn't happen very often, but when it happens, it's you just wonder is, is there a mercy rule? Can we just yeah? Is there can, a, we, can we just go? Is there a mercy rule? There's no mercy no. rule in, in Major League Baseball. Here's a here's a guy who went on a uh, Titanic expedition uh, a while ago, and uh, he explains what he did with some styrofoam cups when he did that. And hopefully, we can play this video because it doesn't seem to be pulling up on the screen. Oh, Jesus. What is that? Didn't you just? I heard you just playing it. Huh? Didn't you just play it? Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, but it's not like. Before I left St. John's, I went to the grocery okay. store, bought a lot of styrofoam cups. While we were out on the Keldish, I sat down with a felt pen, and I wrote on all these little little cups, put the name, put Titanic, drew a little picture of the ship, wrote wrote friends' names styrofoam on there, cups, and then signed are. them. Yeah. Uh, they made great little souvenirs. What we did was we took them down to the Titanic, to the bow of the Titanic, in an unpressurized area of the submersible. And when they came up, well, you'll see what happens. These were once eight ounce styrofoam cups. Now they're the size of a thimble. 
Where the Titanic lies, it's 12,500 feet below the surface of the, the ocean. And, there's, and the pressure down there is 6,000 pounds per square Jesus. inch. That's what squeezed these little cups into this size. Yeah. Wow. The amazing they, shrinking cup. They do look like the thimble, like a thimble, like a tiny little uh, Monopoly piece now. They were was like giant, well, not giant. They were like eight-ounce styrofoam cups, and right. now they're the size of maybe uh, maybe a drop of water. So is it possible there's like little mini men at the bottom of the sea? No, I don't <laughs> I don't think so. I don't like, think they're little miniature men. I just think they're they're men who have been crushed. Like miniature seamen down at the bottom. I don't I don't know if that's uh, if that's true. They don't Steve. Uh, go it's like honey it's like Rick Moranis is going they're going to make a movie about this. It's called Honey I Shrunk the Seamen. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's uh, if that's the case. I was workshopping that all weekend. Yeah, well, and that's all you got out of you. No, well, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing, Steve. I'm right, laughing. Well, I'm just trying to tell you. I don't. I don't know if scientifically that's possible. Uh, let's talk about something you're interested <laughs> in. In Delaware, the Wiener King's hot dog truck is now running a 19 foot pontoon boat that serves food right to your boat. Now we're talking. Here are the father and son owners Brian and Tyler Keys talking about their new floating restaurant. We have him on the grill, I'm up front taking orders, and we're just killing it. I mean, it's ankle deep water, and people just walk up and order food. As soon as we got out there, people started coming. Unexpectedly busy. I mean, we ran out of food. We weren't expecting that. I mean, it was crazy. No advertising. We're sitting there yelling, hot dogs! Yeah, hot dogs! <laughs> wieners here! Wieners, wieners on the water! Who wants a red hot wiener? Who wants a water wiener? <laughs> water wiener? <laughs> Water wiener. Water wiener. <laughs> Speaking of food, here's one more clip. Uh, Jiffy Lube and Good Humor are partnering up to give ice cream trucks free maintenance uh, throughout the summer. They say old trucks and rising costs are making it harder for these trucks to stay on the streets and serving ice cream. Here's a commercial explaining the promotion. Can you hear that? That's the iconic sound of your local ice cream truck making its way up the block. Unfortunately, the road is getting rocky for ice cream truck owners. Because of the trucks being a little bit older, the maintenance is a big issue as well. Jiffy Lube is helping with maintenance costs for ice cream trucks Ooh. across the country. We're partnering with Good Humor to help summer's automotive icons stay on the road, offering complimentary gift cards for qualifying vehicles. Thank you, Jiffy Lube. Thanks, Jiffy Lube. Well, thank God Jiffy Lube has answered the call thank goodness you know and and i was gonna repair those <laughs> those good humor trucks uh now now when when you uh, do they take like a like a creamsicle out take a bite of it and then put <laughs> cookie crumbs on it and says you're gonna need a new uh creamsicle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a couple it, days yeah and then they actually what they do is they just put another creamsicle on top of it and say yeah we redid the whole thing <laughs> Here's $54, please. Uh, and that is now Hear This. It is 757 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Golf. It's an interesting sp- And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Your grilling headquarters. Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, look. We all like a story where somebody is overcoming adversity despite facing a series of overwhelming obstacles. Those kinds of stories remind us of an indomitable spirit and a strong will are just about everything you need to tackle our greatest challenges in life. 
What happens when none of that stuff happens and somebody feeds you the ass-whooping of your life? Well, if you were a trembling coward like me, you would tend to give up and pretend like it didn't happen. Or accept the savagery of the moment and pray to God that it eventually ends. On Saturday, the Colorado Rockies hosted the Los Angeles Angels for Game 2 of their three-game series. Now, I should preface this story by pointing out the Rockies are the third-worst team in baseball, so what I'm about to tell you shouldn't come as an overwhelming surprise. But during that game, the Rockies were crushed by a score of 25-1. to This is a game in which the Rockies gave up 28 hits. Angels only gave up seven. On the positive side, the Angels scored each of those 25 runs without the Rockies committing a single error. Is this the uh, biggest mark, uh, the biggest blowout in baseball history? No. In fact, it's only the third highest margin of victory since 1900. The Angels did it with a couple of franchise records, including the most hits and runs in a single game. Now, in Little League, you have the mercy rule in which any team that is behind by 15 runs after five innings automatically loses the game. But in the majors, there is no mercy rule. Instead, you are required to find a way to end the hemorrhaging by completing all nine innings of the game, no matter how humiliating or dreadful that might be. In this particular game, the Rockies were behind 15 in the third inning. Now, had it been up to me, I would have already been on their car and drinking early. But in baseball, you can't get away with that because apparently there's this belief that you can always stage a comeback. Folks, when you're 20 behind 25 to one after a full night of crushing annihilation, that's probably not the time to put on the overly optimistic rally caps and start crossing your fingers. That's the time you should be putting your equipment away and getting back on the bus. And yet Major League Baseball would rather see you lose than add a rule that puts your team out of your misery. They'll add any other kind of stupid rule they can get their hands on, but one that makes sense? Please. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Rocky's not only has the best grills, like Weber gas grills, Traeger wood pellet grills, and the big green egg. They also got the Uni Outdoor Pizza Oven and Black Store Outdoor Griddles, too. Rocky's got all the grilling gear and fuel. Up your grilling game with Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling destination. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield Classic Rock 812 and Ozzy with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be cloudy and then uh, chances of thunderstorms whenever. We, be, we never know. Could be now. Could be several hours from now. That's Maybe what, not happen at all. That's what Dan Brown says. Tomorrow, uh, rainy with a high of 77. It is 70 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, later on this hour, Rick Johnson from the Wick uh, will be uh, joining us. The Southwick National Pro National Cro- uh, Motocross Championships are coming to uh, the area. At, uh, at the Wick, and we'll be talking to him uh, a little bit before 9. Um, so I, I told you earlier about uh, how I went to the mecca of all convenience stores, the Bucky's. Yeah, right. Down uh, when I was in uh, Georgia over the weekend. The Who Bucky's. needs a mouse when you can get the beaver? That's right. Yeah, that's, right. That's their little slogan. Um, <clears throat> but uh, the cleanest bathrooms I have ever seen in any type of convenience, if you're going to call yourself a convenience store, Mm -hmm. it really is more of a shopping center than it is a convenience store. But they all, everything is, um, is all tiled in there, but it's all like for the urinals. Yeah. You don't have to like worry about anybody looking over at your tiny, uh, junk. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're all like little, almost stalls. A lot of elbow room though. Plenty of elbow. Yeah, that's the thing. I need Plenty a lot of, of elbow. elbow. I need lots of elbow room. And uh, just, I've never seen a cleaner bathroom for a rest stop. You could probably eat right off the floors. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, uh, 
not for nothing. I was uh, yesterday was uh, was coming home from New Hampshire, mm-hmm. okay, and uh, I needed to get a little bit of gas, so I went to this convenience store that's uh, like on my way to get it to four ninety five. What's the name of the place? Uh, it was called, I believe, the worst convenience store bathroom in the world. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Express. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, I'm filling up my tank, and I get to get this feeling. Hey, you know what? I think I need to use the bathroom before I get on the highway. Yeah. Got you know two two hours, fifteen minutes uh, ahead of me. Use the bathroom. Larry David says, "Pee before you leave." You know what? Great rule. I I do, and you know when yeah. you reach a, the age of, of fifty or, or greater, uh, even though I I I went to the bathroom before I left the camper. Still got to go again because, you know, it's it's just it's what happens when you turn a certain age It's always right. if there's a bathroom, always use it. So there's a little bit of a line uh, to the bathroom. And this is like this is not a real this is like the anti buckies You know, yeah. you, you talk about what an enormous uh, clean place is this just the moment you walk into it, you know, that they're they're not really spending a lot of time cleaning the place. Up. Right, right, right. So uh, the line goes to the bathroom. Uh, there's like two guys ahead of me. They go in and out really, really fast, like real fast. And uh, and I go. Uh, it's my turn. And it's like you know one of these like one person per you know uh, at a time type of things. I lock the door. I turn around and see. Okay, well, what am I what am I dealing with here? Because I can already sense that there's something to miss something is awry usually yeah. it's the aroma of the bathroom you yeah. say okay this is going to be a bit of a challenge uh i turned around and there it was the challenge of a lifetime it was an obstacle course of bathrooms first of all somebody had ripped the urinal off the wall all the all the plumbing was still on there but there, yeah. there was no urinal there right so you already know okay all right, I'm, I may have to uh, go with the other option. Now, in this case, you have the toilet, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to try not to make this too gross because I know people are, are working and trying to pack down uh, their coffees or whatever, but there was the toilet. Now, you'd say, okay, well, big deal. It's just a toilet. No, it was a toilet surrounded by a moat. A moat of? Uh was it, uh, were you looking at Lake Pipicaca? Yeah, that's exactly yes. what I'm talking yeah, about. Okay. Exactly right. it. How, exactly. How big is this puddle? I would say from uh, one end of the puddle to the next, a good uh, six feet. Six feet? Six feet. Now, uh, so, I'm, so I'm, I'm trying to do physics in my head. Mental gymnastics. Kind of, because in, there's a part of me that says, all right, listen. In order for me to use that toilet way over there, it's going to require a certain amount of physical dexterity and physics to use it without yeah. being ankles deep in this puddle of God knows what. Yep. So I'm thinking, well, if I, if I angle up enough... <laughs> With enough, enough. With, with enough trajectory and loft, if I if I could arc well yeah. enough, perhaps well, I might be able to hit the toilet. That's probably what happened previously with other people. There, it's probably started out as a small, tiny puddle on the floor. Yeah. So then the next guy comes in and goes, "Well, that's a foot away. I could make that with my arc." Yeah. And then he does it, misses a little bit. Then uh-huh. the puddle gets a little bit bigger. Then another guy comes in, and goes, "Well, that's two feet." I can do this, and then and then eventually, 
it happens so often, you're the one that comes in and goes, oh, I got to do this now. So I'm thinking, okay, so what am I going to do? Am I going to use it or should I you know, turn around and use the sink? Yeah. Well, the thing about problem with the sink is the soap dispenser has also been ripped off the wall and there are no more paper mm. towels in this place. God. So I decide to do the only thing I could do, and that is to not use this bathroom yeah and then go to the dunkin donuts across the across that, the road that's probably the best course of action it was the best course of action because i believe that mm -hmm. if i had participated in using that toilet and then tried to flush yeah and i don't even know how i would have re i yeah. could not have my arms are not long enough yeah to have extended long enough to have re to, to have pressed the uh the, yeah. the flusher because it was on the other, it would have on, imagine it, it's on the left side of the toilet and the left side of, uh, excuse me, it was on the right. If you're looking directly at the toilet, it would have been at your left, right next to the wall. So it would have required me to reach yeah. over the, 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 the Lake Michigan of, of, yeah. of bodily waste and flush. Ugh, and I was like, I can't, so I can't do this. I disgusting. can't, I cannot put myself through this kind of, this kind of scourge. People are disgusting they're animals and and then there's businesses like that who could care less about the quality of what kind of bat and like eventually somebody's gonna have to clean that up yeah you know how like a lot of uh, public restrooms have like a drainage yeah. system that's usually like a like a trap in the yeah, middle of the they, room they do that on purpose so they can they can spray the whole room down with a with a hose yeah well, this puddle was formed on top of that, and it was still a six-foot puddle. Oh, so gross. I, I, so I went to the Dunkin'. It was yeah. as clean as you yeah, could yeah, possibly. Yeah, you know, yeah. You're talking about at Bucky's. They were, they certainly did at Dunkin'. It was nice and fresh. Nice and, and clean. It smelled you know, like a like a springtime you know, uh, air to it. I can excuse certain times. Like, you know, obviously, you can't have somebody in there all the time. That would just be too costly to have somebody being a bathroom attendant at like a Dunkin' Donuts or a... Or even a gas station, but at least send somebody in there every so often. At least McDonald's have the you know the the checklist. Where yeah. You can see who was in there last and what time they were in there. Or here's an idea: How about I put a sign in the door that says "out of order" because you know what you can't use that toilet. That's that that is so gross. One of the, the, the one of the grossest bathrooms I ever saw was at a Royal Farms, which is like. It's like it's a it's like the Cumbies of Delaware, Maryland. Okay, you know that kind of thing. And for the most part, they're really nice stores, and they actually have pretty good little you know convenience store foods. But this particular one, it was during the pandemic, so you know people you had to wear a mask and mm -hmm. you know all this other stuff. And it was the only one that was open within miles on that stretch of Route One oh, that goes all the way God. down through Virginia. Yeah. So obviously, you know these two girls. I have to have to go to the bathroom. Luckily, they only had to go uh, number one because we get to this Royal Farms. First of all, there's a line for this thing. I don't even know why anybody was doing this. And I opened the door, and the smell was just oh, overwhelming. God. And you look inside. I, Again, same thing. You don't even want to describe what it. You know, people are eating breakfast right yeah, now. It I was know. just one of the most horrific scenes I have ever seen. And I said, "Girls, you can't use this bathroom." And they're like, "We have to go." I wound up taking them in the woods behind 
the Royal Farms. I'm like, what look, is, okay, what, does that you, say, what does that say you, about the business? Yeah, you exactly. got to pee like a Girl Scout out in the woods back there behind uh, behind the Royal Farms. This place yesterday had like three guys working in it. Okay, one guy was like, you know, <laughs> I think one guy was behind the register. There was another yeah. guy who was stocking cigarettes, and there was another guy who I think was making sandwiches. I wasn't sure what yeah. the hell he was doing. Ugh. So you know, obviously no one here is interested in what's going on in the bathroom or to clean the bathroom. But as there were there were certainly enough employees on hand where someone could say, "You know what? I think I'm going in. I'm going to do my job <laughs> to make this usable for customers." And I'm and I'm just like is is no one else in this whole place yeah. even considering putting a sign this is out of order? Because it's only going to take another hour before the entire store gets flooded. Was it one of those places where it smelled like incense and the, like in the actual store, and then there was a guy on FaceTime having a conversation for somebody halfway across the world? Um, Thank Pooh, come again. It wasn't exactly that, but you're really not that far off. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not going to tell you which one was right on the money there. Yeah, um, but... Yeah. but uh, these places, it's I, I I am so surprised that there are places out there like that that just don't care to leave it in a condition like that. It's that's gross. I I I don't even know how you can operate like that. It was it was absolutely the most disgusting thing. Or, I, and believe me, I've I've been in my share of yeah, disgusting public restrooms. This one was the worst I've ever seen. This one took the cake. I wouldn't eat cake from that place. No, thank how you. A, how about a sandwich? No, definitely not. It's 823 on Rock 102. 26 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, Dan Brown will give you the forecast here in just a second. Yeah, you don't, you don't need us to try to tell you what we don't know. No. Uh, rock 102 presents the classic Rock Summer brought to you by Leah Toyota Wilbraham now through Labor Day weekend. Listen to Rock 102 all summer long for your chance to grab your share of the summer stash of prizes. That will include a $25 gift card to the Hangar Pub and Grill every weekday through Labor Day. And if you want to win, you just enter at rock102.com and then listen to Pat Kelly every weekday afternoon. Uh, the Classic Rock Summer brought to you by Leah Toyota of Wilmerham, only at Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Uh, I got this horrible story here. I might as well just get it over with. What's the matter? A crew member working on the airport tarmac for Delta Airlines was killed Friday night when he was, quote, ingested, unquote, into the engine of a plane that was arriving late Friday night. Ingested? It got sucked into the jet. Oh, the Jesus. NTSB said in a statement that the worker, who was employed by a company uh, contracted by Delta for grounds and operations, was killed at about 10.25 p.m. Friday as Delta Flight 1111 was taxed. Ooh, make a wish. Uh, to taxing to the gate, San Antonio. I wish I don't get invested into an airplane. I wish I won a million dollars. Oh, I wish I had wished that I wouldn't get sucked in by a jet engine. <laughs> the plane had one engine operating as it approached the gate. Uh, we are heartbroken and grieving the loss of the aviation family member's life in San Antonio, the company uh, that employs the worker said in the statement. Our hearts are full of support and uh, with their family. The identity of the worker has not been released. The flight had arrived from Los Angeles. That has got to be one of the most disgusting things to ever witness. That's seeing a guy get sucked up into a jet engine? Well, have you ever seen those, you know, remember the videos they showed of the bird strikes? Oh, yeah. When that Sully, uh, you know, that guy Sully landed the plane in the Hudson River? Yeah. They were showing footage of bird strikes that happen all the time because, you know, you can't avoid that sometimes. And um, it's it, like annihilates the bird i mean the birds are it's just like you're you're toast you're you're just 
<clears throat> missed after that. Yeah. But I also believe that if you're working in an airport, you know not to get in front of a jet engine that's about to take off. Well, it was taxi- like they kind of they kind of tell you that it was coming towards the the thing the the gate yeah going to the gate. Yeah, but I think you're supposed to get out of the way. Yeah, but I don't know why the engine would have been on. I thought the engines get turned off as soon as they like land and then start taxiing towards the thing. You don't. Well, need they, they don't just, but they don't, I don't know if they just you know shut off you know you know automatically like right away. They I mean, they, sh- shut off cruise control and then. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't know how they do it. I just. I just know that the you know it's the idea of getting sucked up into a jet engine is like maybe like one of the worst ways you can go. Imagine being a passenger on the plane and watching that. Like, oh look, oh yeah. hey look, there's my bag. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then to find out that your connecting flight won't land in Atlanta until one o'clock in the morning, right. <laughs> and Fox rental car is closed. <laughs> it's eight twenty nine. News is next to Rock Auto Two. Here's your Western Mass news. 832 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Following a five-day search in Hampton Ponds in Westfield, a body believed to be a missing canoeer has been recovered. Since Wednesday, a 20-year-old East Longmeadow man had been reported missing. According to the Westfield Fire Chief Patrick Egloff, an adult man's body has been pulled from the water by Westfield firefighters just before 11 a.m. yesterday morning. Uh, he said it was very important to all of us that we undertook that process and uh, with respect and dignity for the deceased. Uh, the victim has not been named, but uh, once it is, the body is examined by the medical examiner, then they will probably release uh, the identity. But what a what a horrible, uh, terrible uh, tragedy out there in in, in Westfield. Uh, around 3 p.m. yesterday afternoon, the Holyoke Fire Department pulled a stolen car out of the Connecticut River. Oh, that's the stolen car holding facility. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's that's the stolen car parking garage. According to the uh, Holyoke Fire Department, crews responded to reports of a car in the Connecticut River at the end of Appleton Street. Well, that'll just go along with the poo in the water, too. <laughs> it worked yeah, work yeah. perfectly for everybody. This poo water needs something. How about a little oil and gasoline? Okay. Brake, mm. brake fluid, perhaps. I was thinking more of a transition, uh, transmission fluid. That uh, has a, a piquant yeah. twist to it. Yeah, I know. You catch a fish out of the river, and you're like, oh, that's a rainbow trout. No, that's just oil sheen over a, <laughs> a regular trout. Uh, no injuries are reported as a result of the accident. The Holyoke Police Department is investigating, and uh, 22 News will probably not update you on the story once they get more information. Uh, a hazmat team, hazardous materials found at the uh, U.S. Postal Service Distribution Center in Springfield prompted a hazmat response on Saturday morning. The Springfield Fire Department re- reported an incident involving unspecified hazardous materials at 195 Fiber Lloyd Street, briefly interrupted services uh, in a statement on Twitter. The address is the site of the address, I'm sorry, is the site of a bulk mail distribution center. No injuries were reported, and the distribution center resumed services as of 10 a.m. Sunday. It would be nice to know what the material was that they found. They don't. Uh, they don't get into specifics that way. Well, why would you? Why would you ask questions? <laughs> I would think it'd probably be an important thing to know. Yeah, yeah, think. 
let's see uh, this one. Uh, tainted Springfield police officer Greg Bigda accuses the mayor and the Spring police superintendent of conspiring to threaten, intimidate, and coerce him into resigning from his job. Oh, you mean very much the same way he decided to threaten, coerce, and intimidate, say, uh, two young Utes. Yeah. Um, also, leaving your keys in a car outside of a pizza place. Yeah, well, there was that, too. Uh, Bigda is the former narcotics detective charged, uh, then acquitted on federal charges, linked to his threatening and harassment of two juveniles who stole an undercover police car during a police car left running outside of a pizza shop in 2016. The harassment was caught on video in the lockup at the police station in Palmer, where a high-speed pursuit ended. The same year, he clashed with an ex-girlfriend, also a police officer. The uh, lawsuit filed Friday in U.S. District Court seeks, un- seeks unspecified damages for alleged violation of big civil rights, intentional infliction of emotional distress, civil conspiracy, and other counts. It names the city, police superintendent, and mayor as defendants. Again, yeah. aren't these the same things that uh, led to him being suspended in the first place? Well, I guess you got to recover your losses somehow. Might as well sue. I suppose, yeah. but on the uh, the surface, and again, I, I, I don't know all the nuts and the bolts and uh, all the uh, the major details, but it would seem to me this seems frivolous. Uh, Bigda was suspended without pay from 2018 to 2021 when he was cleared by a jury in December of 2021 of all federal criminal charges. Uh, earlier, he had agreed to serve a 60-day unpaid suspension for his conduct in Palmer. Uh, Mayor Dom Dom said after the acquittal uh, in late 2021 that Bigda had no place on the police force. Police uh, Superintendent Cheryl Clapperwood has taken steps to prevent him from rejoining the force. Of course, so. he's still getting paid. Well, uh, isn't that how that works? I believe it is, yeah. but he's getting paid 70 large um, and then suing the city as a result of it. So, yeah, right. how about that? Uh, the U.S. Coast Guard is conducting its highest level investigation, working together with other international agencies following dis- the discovery of the wreckage of the Titan submersible on Thursday. At a press conference in Boston Sunday afternoon, uh, Captain Jason Neubauer explained that the Coast Guard officially convened a Marine Board of Investigation, commonly known as MBI, on June 23rd, the day after the wreckage was discovered. Neubauer will serve as chief investigator on the MBI. Uh, the MBI is currently in its initial evidence collection phase, uh, Neubauer said, which will include salvaging what can be found from the wreckage site and collecting evidence at the port of St. John's, Newfoundland in Canada, and uh, or Newfoundland, is that how you say it? Yes, Newfoundland. And, and uh, conducting interviews with people involved. After the evidence collection phase, the MBI will typically hold a formal public hearing to gather witness testimony. What, what is the jurisdiction of the U.S. Coast Guard and how far out do they go? That's a really good question. Um, I I don't really know what how far into waters they go as far as their yeah their jurisdiction is concerned. But um, either way, when I mean, it was the Navy that 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 had the technology to actually figure out what happened right. with technology, it sounds like that even the Coast Guard didn't even realize the Navy had. You know, I, I saw something on Barstool yesterday about this guy. Did you see this conspiracy theory thing? No. no. Well, well, we heard, they heard loud bangs, and they made, for days, they made us think that, uh, you know, that they were still alive under there. Why wasn't this, in, you know, and uh, he's going into this whole thing. What are they hiding? What were they doing? Oh, Listen, it's a military operation. The, that those sounds that they pick up under the water, that's to prevent like an attack coming towards us. That's yeah. why they have that sonar and doing all that. 
you have to investigate what those sounds were before you just automatically say, well, that's it. That was the sub. Must have must have blown up under, or must have imploded underwater. Okay, we can all go home for the day. I know it's hard for some people to imagine this, yeah. uh, but sometimes uh, there really are no conspiracies. Sometimes just things, you know, bad things happen um, with or without a really great explanation, but it's not always... A, uh, a underlying conspiracy that's involved. I don't believe there's a conspiracy involved in this situation. No. At all. No. I think it's just a a terrible, tragic accident that uh, you know claimed the lives of a bunch of people in a submersible. Uh, any subsequent uh, enforcement would involve a separate investigation. The MBI is working with other agencies, including the NTSB, uh, Canadian Transportation Safety Board, French Marine Casualties Investigation Board, and the United Kingdom Marine Accident Investigation Branch. Uh, Rear Admiral <laughs> Admiral uh, John Mauger declined to say how much the search and rescue and investigation efforts cost. That's kind of what I'm getting at. I'm not, you know, obviously we're helping, but we're also paying for that. Who pays for that? Is it just the government that pays for this whole thing? Like, we pay for it? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, yeah, the taxpayers will pay for it. But that's what I mean. You went on a private expedition with a bunch of billionaires. Right. Funded by their own money, and then you... Yeah, but you see, the Coast Guard and the Navy are really the only ones that are qualified to do that kind of work that far out into the ocean. Right, but my point is that it costs money to do that. Yes, of course. Yeah. So right. who's pick foot in the bill for that? You well, are. We're I am. We all are. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have a lot of opinions about this story, but we'll try to get to them maybe later on, you know, after nine o'clock. Yeah, we'll see. Time. Maybe. Well, I really enjoyed your conversation on Friday about the sensitivity of jokes and things like that being well, made about these these things. It's true, though. I mean, my whole point, for those of you who may have missed it, because Marty and I were talking about this yet uh, on Friday. You know, is, you know, there are a lot of people, you know, wondering, well, why do we make jokes? Why are there so many memes about this? This is only going to end in, in, you know, badly. And as it turns out, it was, a, you know, a tragic yeah. situation. And what I said, I think, is, is, is true, is that, you know, part of human nature, in order for us to really get past the shock and horror of these terrible situations, as a defense mechanism, we yeah. resort to dark humor. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a way in which we process those emotions into getting over something it is so horrific to even think about about being crushed underwater yeah instantaneously it's or 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 that other scenario that we all thought was the thing that they were which would have been worse that they were still alive underneath and they ran out of oxygen um because it's so horrific to even think about the only way sometimes is to pull yourself out of that deep thought by cracking a joke. And, you know, yes, it's probably insensitive to people. I'm sure the family, you know, there's five grieving families. And and the other aspect to this is, and you said it on Friday too, the, the idea that they're all billionaires and a lot of people have this view going, well, they're rich guys anyway. What's the difference? You know, as yeah. as if... As if somehow your status in life doesn't uh, measure. You know, I, I don't know if I'm trying to say this right. Th- that your status in life doesn't matter, or matters yeah, it, only if you have a certain income level. Yeah, as, as yeah. if you know they are 
they are more yeah. deserving of tragedy yeah. than anybody else. People, people are dead. It's a horrible, horrible thing. Yeah. But, but on the some, other hand, those some me- those, some of those jokes are hilarious. Those memes. Uh, no, I was offended by a lot of them. I was very offended by them. You were? Yeah. Who got, are you, and what did you do I with Steve Nagel? And I, uh, I, there was one I got over the weekend of a map of the Atlantic Ocean, and it had a pinpoint, and it says new Five Guys locations. I said, who the hell would make something like this? That is awful. Why would you put that? Why would somebody do that? I don't know, Steve. It's horrible. It is terrible. What a horrible thing to say. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be uh, rainy with some thunderstorms popping up throughout the day. High of 79 tomorrow. Rainy with a high of 78. 71 right now in downtown Springfield. Steve, why are you crying? You're, you're clearly so upset. The, the, the fries must get soggy. Yeah, right I bet they were. That you think a bag is wet with oil. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> and that's the news on Rock 102. It's the season at Metro Chrysler. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 849 and The Doors with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Oh, I thought that was Jim Morrison having an asthma attack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and, and Ray Manzarek gave him his albuterol uh, inhaler. Next thing you know, boom, he's... Back out to whipping his penis in Miami. <laughs> uh, anyhow, hey, big event coming up. Uh, this... Great, great segue for a guest. Oh, <laughs> absolutely, big, uh, big doings come up in uh, in Southwick on uh, July eighth. It's a twenty twenty three Southwick National Pro Motocross Championship in the studio. From uh, the Wick uh, three thirty eight is uh, is Rick Johnson. Good to good to see you. Nice to be here. Thanks, Max. You uh, you brought us some uh, some stuff, uh, which I thought is really fantastic. Not only uh, some uh, some free T shirts, but also I didn't even realize that I had done this uh, when I was uh, cleaning out my uh, my camper last year with the uh, with the with the with the tank. Mm-hmm. I was wearing my uh, my Wick T shirt. Yeah. And you and you and you you put a little poster together and everything. That's really. Yeah, I awesome. made a whole catalog out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Great we, picture. We, we superimposed some some uh, you know f- some fleece jackets, all sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't uh, don't think that uh, when I think of doing that job, I think of you. It's totally uh, it's, it's just it just it just it was clean that day, and that's I wanted to wear the free T-shirt. As I was I was amazed I that the, the the T-shirt was spotless. And was, yeah. <laughs> And remain that way for the rest because of the day. Because I've been there. I know that job. Yeah. So, so you, you were hoping it would look like a dirt biker's front uh, front chest. It would by have the given me more would... material. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us what's going on in the eighth. Yeah. Here we go. It's um, you know it's going to be the sixth round of the uh, of the outdoor motocross championship. It's kind of interesting this year because you know in the past we've had the indoor supercross. And they go for their, you know, 15 or 18 events. And that's the end of it. And then we start up outdoor motocross. Well, now it's a continuation of all. And it's the first time we've ever done this. So the accumulated points for these pros will go all the way through to the end of the outdoor, um, uh, outdoor season. And then the top 20 guys qualify for it. It's kind of like the... Um, um, you know, the, the, the FedEx Cup or the uh, Stanley Cup, something like that. There'll be a three-race series that only the best get to go in, 
and the prize will be ten million dollars. Whoa! So wow. I got to yeah, I got to tell you, these guys are hot to win. So you're going to see some good racing out there that that Saturday. You know, we we talked about it last year when you were <laughs> when you were here because I think a yeah. lot of people didn't even realize one that this is going on in Southwick yeah. and that it's it's not just a it's not just a little track. This is this is an internationally known event. Mm-hmm. And that you brought it here for for the uh, for a number of years, and that you know this is just the crowns alone are enormous for this event. What's interesting is you know since 1976, with the blip after uh, 2012, the national has been there every year. It's the only national on the circuit that is named after the town that it's in. Every other one is known for names that have nothing to do with the geographic location. Oh, cool. So as a result, the little town of Southwick is known around the world. I mean, the world champion uh, uh, Hurlings talks about coming here just to race because it's the toughest track in the world. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. So what, what makes this more challenging than, than other tracks? It, it's mostly the sandbacks. The fact that uh, the, the track changes every single lap when you have 40 riders out there. What you saw on one lap, and they do this for 35 minutes twice a day, yeah. not counting the qualifiers. So every lap is different. So it's not like you're learning the lines. You have to figure them out every time you go around. And, man, it can be challenging. Plus, we have the altitude changes. A lot of the, the more modern tracks in, in the country are relatively flat with kind of man-made obstacles or jumps. This one is a lot of natural terrain. We yeah. don't have the great big crazy 200-foot-long jumps because, hmm. quite frankly, in a sand track, you can't maintain it. It would, it would go away so quickly. But uh, this is true to the old original, you know, the European racing where motocross really began back in the 60s and early 70s and then came here to the United States. That, that's pretty cool, uh, you know, especially with the recognition of, uh, of Southwick being, uh, you know, all over the world like that. I, I remember uh, doing that Tough Mudder competition or whatever. Yeah, whatever, the, rugged, the, rugged Maniac. Rugged Maniac. Yeah. And uh, I was like, you know, afterwards going, wow, dirt bikes do this stuff. <laughs> Obviously, there was there was uh, obstacles set up by, by, the, by the, uh, the, the running race. Right. But just the sheer landscape of it alone is... It was, it's interesting. We were contacted about three or four years ago by a, a well-known off-road uh, four-wheel vehicle uh, company, yeah, and they wanted to do some testing out there and some filming, and they tried a couple of the couple of the hills and said we can't make it. <laughs> wow, <laughs> turned wow. around and went back down. That's all. That's and amazing. These guys do it continuously for thirty five minutes. This is uh, Rick Johnson from the uh, WIC three thirty eight in uh, in Southwick. The national uh, the national motocross championships are, are coming up on the uh, on July eighth. When the weather is tough, and you've had some tough weather in the, the last uh, you know week or two with rain and whatever. Um, how does that change the 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 ability for these guys to does it I mean does it, does it change the, uh, the 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 surface? Yeah, the the makeup of the track. If we do get some some rain, and we have had that, where the first race would be in in bright sunny ninety degree weather, and then by the second moto, and every class goes out there for two motos, two classes, two races. Uh, by the second one, uh, if you have rain, now all of a sudden the tire selection changes, hmm. the suspension settings change. Um, and really the way you approach everything is different. And, and uh, it can be a really tough track. Uh, there's one video I remember seeing that was put on by a, a, an energy uh, drink company that uh, compared Southwick to the rest of the tracks. And when you start with those sunny conditions and then it turns rainy, you're in for hell. It's, it's wow. going to be a tough Yeah, because I would, I would think when you have you know, that many bikes doing that many races on, on surfaces that are, are wet or muddy or whatever it may be, it must make it just... 
it's so awful. difficult to it's to, awful. to yeah. It. yeah and you know it's, it's not only the most difficult track for the riders for the machinery as well there have mm-hmm. been years where some of the teams have had to have oversized gas tanks because it draws so much on the on the engine it draws the power so much that it goes through that much more fuel they can't make 35 minutes wow wow that's crazy so how many uh, how many fans do you expect uh this year expect a one <laughs> I can hold between twenty and thirty thousand. If I come anywhere near that, I'm buying a new car. <laughs> <laughs> but twenty to thirty thousand people. I mean, the I. I mean, there's not twenty or thirty thousand people in all of Southwick. Never mind. Uh, never mind just the track. No, but you know, we draw. I mean, our online sales were about twenty five percent ahead of last year, which was about twenty eight percent ahead of the year before that. Yeah. Um. So we're, you know, we're way ahead. But we draw from so many different countries. And really within 300 miles is where we bring the people in. And you got to remember, we have riders in there from, I think, 14 different countries and virtually every state in, North America, in, in uh, the United States. Wow. Yeah. We have, uh, we have a, a couple of brothers, the Lawrence brothers, who are phenomenal. They're from Australia. And um, one of them is leading in the 450 class and the other one's leading in the 250 class. Show-offs. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> now, the only person I know that's not going to be attending is uh, Mayor Dom Sarno because he would go nuts seeing all those dirt bikes everywhere. <laughs> well, you know, he'd have a paddy wagon yeah, at the yeah, finish yeah, line. Yeah, right. First, he'd have to, you know, where is the asphalt that they're supposed to be riding on, right? Yeah. Because it's, no. Yeah, it's, uh, no, we, we have a, it's a very dedicated group of, of highly qualified professionals. Uh, the guys that you see out there have come a long way to, to be able to be there. It's, it, it is uh, probably one of the most uh, probably difficult sports to do because it's not just physical. You have to be able to, to, to balance yourself to, to things, but it's a, it's a mental uh thing too there were some tests years ago about uh, the, the physical capability of these athletes yeah. and how it compared to in-season olympic stars and uh, these guys are so truly fit i mean they have more than trainers they have it, it's almost like the golf industry where you have somebody backing you up in every aspect of it at that level you right know, physical training mental training yeah well i mean we, you would have to be if you're on a course you know, that's, that's set up like that. They have oh, to yeah. be in great shape. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Do anything to your maximum and not back off at all for 35 minutes. And oh, by the way, you're strapped on to a 250-pound piece of equipment that yeah. wants to kill you. Steve and I can do that at a, at a buffet. Yeah, I can do yeah. it. Come on down. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, let's go. Uh, we happen to have tickets to uh, to the event on, uh, on the 8th. It's the Southwick National Pro Motocross uh, Championship at the WIC. On the, uh, the on July that starts at uh, one o'clock. I yeah, the, the racing will start at one, but you know, get there early because we have qualifiers at eight o'clock, and then those who don't qualify by time yeah. will go into a last chance qualifier. So we've got a lot going on. You don't want to miss it. Very good, Rick Johnson. Good to see you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Tenth caller right now at two nine three one zero two one to win those tickets. It's eight fifty nine on Rock one zero two. Springfield's classic rock is everywhere.